He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. We are in week one of season four, 2021. I am Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm here tonight with the amazing Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate? I'm doing very well, thank you, sir. Uh, had a great week and looking forward to having a chat. Sweet. I'm also joined by the other host, Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Oh, now I'm the other host as well. So <laughs> I've been demoted and now I'm the other host. Now I know what yeah. the other Alex feels like. That's good. Uh, so we're here tonight thanks to driversclub.net.au. Shout out to Kyle. He's a legend and he's going through some stuff at the moment. Uh, go check out his website and join up. The racing's just about to begin again and tell him he's an amazing person. Give him hugs virtually if you can. Uh, 24-7 Race Control, Brewster.coffee, CD Syntography, but we'll tell you a little bit more about all that later on. We're here tonight to talk about what we've been racing and what we've been racing has been brought to you by 24-7 Race Control. So we'll get straight into them. Go check it out. John Hancock is doing some great stuff. If you need, if you have a series that you want live race control for, go see 24-7 Race Control. Check it out on Facebook. They will be able to help you out for a small fee. And he's a really good bloke as well. Go listen to our episode where we interviewed him. It was really good. Interviews will be coming back soon, hopefully. Anyway... I need to talk. We've got heaps to talk about because not only is it uh, Braden and Alex have been racing, but I've been doing some racing. So let's go into Braden first, mate. What have you been up to? What have you been racing in? Yeah, well, obviously, Aussie car was back, so that was good. I guess we'll cover that maybe towards no, the end. No, it wasn't. It didn't in... happen. Week, week one did not happen. <laughs> we're all <laughs> involved in that. Um, no, we but won't. yeah, after Good the work. week off of racing, um, got back into some officials. So uh, the officials were at Limerick Park, the same as... Uh, Aussie car was this week, so that was handy for uh, being able to get up to speed pretty quickly. Um, Rock and go, suck a big fat one. Anyway, (laughs) go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, did some officials. uh, Managed to squeeze three in over the weekend. Um, (laughs) Did the first one, which was going pretty well. Was having a pretty, pretty good race with the the sort of top two and myself in third place, and sort of was just sitting behind them uh, for most of the race until they started fighting pretty dramatically which was slowing us down a whole lot um and let fourth place catch up and uh fourth place decided that i wasn't moving fast enough whilst going over the little crest uh in the back section of the track and just rammed straight into the back of me um so basically he showed you find... where the wall was on the right i was surprised you missed that wall to be honest it was very well done very good yeah roll. yeah it did, did well to not completely die but dropped me about five <laughs> places or something which kind of sucked um it was just funny that like uh, straight away I was on on the radio it was kind of like come on man like you know what, what what was that for sort of thing and and his his defense was basically to say that I was going too slow through that section which is <laughs> it's funny because it's effectively a flat out section <laughs> so I don't know how much faster I could have possibly gone and obviously if you drive the skippies you know the draft effect especially when you get that close is quite strong and then you you, you pair that with the steep uphill section um, obviously the car behind is going to get a pretty big run. So I don't really know yeah. what he was expecting to happen. So that wasn't great. wasn't a great way to start the official uh, season. And I was, you know, I was a bit annoyed, to be honest. <laughs> First one for the season. I really wanted to, like Alex mentioned, I think a couple of episodes ago, try and, you know, get close to that front page uh, if possible, which would be a pretty cool um, effort. But nevertheless, second race went a little bit better. Had an awesome race um, in the second race that I did managed to get the win um, and the top three of us were separated by less than a 10th. Um, and I was sort of sitting in second and third, most of the race got into the second for the, 
for the last lap, tried to make a move around the outside of turn one um, and to try and get that inside line for turn two, but couldn't quite get enough um, overlap and had to tuck back inside and then timed the run out of the last corner like to absolute perfection. And I was quite surprised that he pulled over to the right almost to like you were going to start to take the defensive line, but all that did was get my run even better and it meant I didn't have to swerve or lose any kind of speed moving over to try and get around him on the inside. And he gave me the outside of the track and uh, managed to just breeze past and just just get the win, which was really really cool. So um, that was that was nice. That made me feel a little bit better after the torment that happened in the in the first race. And then I did SNL on Sunday night, um, which was cool. Um, unfortunately, didn't make it into top split. Uh, I think Russell took the last spot in that, so that that was uh, not so good for myself. Um, but I managed to put it on pole in the second split race and was having a pretty good race, sort of sitting second, third, most of the race. Um, it was it was getting really hard because the people in sort of third and fourth were starting to try and make moves up the inside um, at the first turn, um, to, I guess, to try and set themselves up for, for the last sort of part of the race. And I didn't want to get shuffled back. And I'd had it happen before where you, you start second and all of a sudden you're back in fifth with nowhere to go because you just keep getting pushed out. Uh, so I tried to go around the outside of uh, Simone Zamolo, who promptly uh, drifted wide and tapped my wheels and sent me off into the grass. I did a pretty good effort to only just go onto the grass. So I managed to actually tack back onto the back of the pack um, only just, um, which was good. Uh, and then basically sat in fifth place watching as a multitude of other people decided to try and go around the outside of Zamolo as well, who also decided to escort them wide off the edge of the track <laughs> as well. So he was basically taking the defensive inside line, but not holding it tight enough to stay where the curb was and basically drifting out to the middle of the road and basically side bumping anyone that got anywhere near the outside of him. Uh, and unfortunately, it happened to Mitchell Nichols on the, on the second or last lap. Um, and then he speared back across the track and missed the back of me by about, oh, it would have been, you know, half half a centimeter. <laughs> it, it was so close. And then um, unfortunately took out Hiroshi Ueda, which was not so good for the rest of the guys, but was good for me. So I ended up managing to get a third place for SNL, which is some good points to start um, the season with, uh, but would have liked to hopefully be in top split. I think my qualifying time would have put me around the mid pack, which would have been nice. Uh, for some good battles. So, yeah, hopefully next week. Yeah, mid-pack would have got you some good points too because there was some action there. We'll probably talk about in the SNL results that would have saw some guys in the mid-pack get some really good results. But still, mate, can I tell you, podium in the in the second splits, the same as, uh, I, th- I think a third's about the same as ninth in the top split. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's still a, a good start to the season. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that we do it for, right, is to keep everyone across the splits involved in the championship overall. So it's good. Yeah, so I think I was sitting around 11th, which is good. It's a good start. Last season, I missed the first round and then had computer issues for the second round. So it's nice to just get some early points on the board. Okay. That's good. No, nah, nah, I want to hear from Mikella first. Mikella, mate, what have you been up to for last week besides putting out really cool videos helping all the Aussie car people be faster than me? <laughs> well, yeah, look, uh, besides 
working on track guides, mate. I did one official at at, at Lime Rock. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I picked the afternoon slot when I know there's a couple of good guys that race there. Uh, Marco Valverde, I think his name is, and uh, Benji Rag. Benji does a bit of streaming. A couple of Spanish-speaking fellas, but they're, you know, you're talking five, six-K drivers that are good to race with in an afternoon crowd sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, ended up having a pretty good race. There was a, there was a really quick fella there, as there often is, who was super fast but not consistent. And when I say not consistent, uh, he was all over the shop. Um, uh, he sort of was sketchy on cold tyres and Marco, the, the fellow I mentioned, just got away and he, he's, he's really quick actually. Uh, my only hope was to sort of try and stick in his draft and, and, and battle with him towards the end, but I didn't get that chance because uh, this other fella, I don't name names or anything, he uh, he was just a bit sketchy. Uh, so I went past him and then he didn't want to pass me. He sat, and I'm not exaggerating, I only assume he had VR, but he sat 0.1 behind me around the extent of the track for about three laps, uh, which is not unsettling at all. So eventually, I, because I'd seen how sketchy he was, I just kind of moved over and let him go through uh, on the front straight. And lo and behold, uh, I can't remember if it was that lap or the lap after, inconsistent, straight off the outside of the corner and I'm away. So I just ran a lonely uh, race there till I hit P2 in between um, Marco and Benji. Marco, Marco who'd run away and Benji who'd uh, not had the best quality. So, you know, I enjoyed that, just a, just a lone race there. And then, then Aussie car, which of course we'll cover in uh, the SNL broadcast. So uh, been a busy week if you throw in doing some lap guides as well, which I'm really enjoying doing. And I always sort of... Uh, preface the lap guides by saying I'm not a pro, I'm not a driving instructor, but hopefully it sort of helps someone. So that's the idea behind them. And can I tell you, if nobody else, they're helping me. I went and did Mid-Ohio some laps this afternoon and the stuff that I saw when I made the video that I went, oh, this is what I did wrong here and this is what I did wrong there, I was able to sort of, as I'm approaching those corners, make some corrections and just, you know, try and find a bit of time. So if it helps me, (laughs) even better sort of thing. Did you have those text box popping up along the side of the uh, screen while you were driving around today? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I thought I'd try and add a a few things because sometimes it's easier just to show stuff on the screen rather than than describe it. Although what I'm finding is I I did the Road America one and it's ready to go. I'll, I'll put it out on Friday after this week's racing sort of thing. It's like 36 minutes and it's just too long, right? And that was my second go at it. The first go was like 46 minutes. And so I'm I'm trying to condense it, but then I just feel like there's so much to say about each corner. So anyway, we'll see how we go. You're in the wrong spot to worry about um, things going too long, (laughs) content going too long. (laughs) We're we're the experts at that at the moment. Um, I think Benji was in the race that I got, uh, the first official that I did that I got taken out in. He's a good good funder driver. They had a couple of good races with him recently. And it's always nice when you, even though you know some of it's to do with draft, when you get to keep with some of those really fast guys and and race with them, it's um, really good for your confidence. Yeah, 100%, mate. I, I remember Benji's really come along. It's not that long ago that I could sort of walk away from him, so to speak. But these days, if I can keep up with him and match him for pace, I'm pretty happy. And his eye rating's reflecting that. He's up uh, 6.2, I think, at the moment, maybe 6.3K. Wow. And that's you don't get that out of a cornflakes packet, you know? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. Not at all. You don't even get the 2K ones out of there. But anyway... Um, <laughs> So I did a sneaky couple of officials this week. We'll get on to SNL and um, Aussie Car in a sec. But 
I went to a little place called Williams Grove Speedway and did some 305 dirt racing. Oh, um, nice. And I tell you what, I put in lots of practice and I got was getting the top of the, the practice sessions and I'm like, here we go, here we go. I went into the track, into the race, and there's this massive slick section right around the corner of where I was um, practicing. So that ruined my line because I'm like, oh, how do I use the slick? And yeah, as soon as you put your foot down on the slick, you spin. And um, throttle management's even more vital on that. So didn't go, it got fourth in quality, I think it was. So, you know, it's fourth out of about eight or 10 there. And um, thought, oh, yeah, here we go. I can just got to just, I just want to get around. I just want to finish, um, finish the race, not spin it or anything like that. And um, it's not even the, the, the pace car pulls away and old mate behind me jumps on my rear end, which then the old mate in front of me then puts on the brakes and I go into the front of him after the old mate's mounting me from behind and I get a, a meatball. So um, you get a It's always easy to pit in those cars, right? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. I, <laughs> I got in there. I, I ended up going in, got speeding in pit lane then as well. Um <laughs> You weren't Not playing Wilco Bingo again, were you? Yeah, we were. We were. <laughs> but um, I'm just looking at now, actually, there was 12 in the field, which was um, a bit bigger than I thought. Uh, end up four laps down, um, you know, ninth in that in that out of 12. Uh, basically, everyone who, who I beat was disconnected by the end of it. But, um, yeah, just didn't have a great start to that one. Um, then did uh, SNL, uh, but... Today, I'll quickly jump forward to that. I jumped in and did another 305 because I saw it was at USA Speedway. I'm like, I know USA Speedway. I've been there, done that many times. So um, I jumped into that, did some practice session, felt pretty pretty confident. And then once again, hopped into the race. And it's not like the practice session had probably half the corner was slick. So I was just cruising around the outside of that nicely, just going the high line, uh, midline, and then coming to the race and it's three quarters of the corner is all slick, unusable. And, I'm like, Fuck. I, and so, yeah, um, qualified fifth uh, in a 10, 10 man field. Um, got away really slow because fifth put me on the inside. So we had to stick to the inside. I couldn't get to the outside to use the outside line. Um, finally, everyone got away from me, got it to the outside line. And then old mate in front of me just put it on the slick a little bit too much. Went left, right, left, right. And then just ended up rolling in front of me, and I've tripped over him. Got a meatball, uh, t- missed the pit entry uh, because it's a it's not just a drive in; it's a you got a right angle turn into it. Uh, so I ended up having to tow, and then got back out, and was cruising along not too bad. Couple laps down, and old mate in first has got a, on the on the mic and you know said something to me. And I'm like, he's a good two seconds behind, and I'm holding fairly good pace and. But it balked me because I was going to the corner. I'm looking around trying to find out what I've done, what I've done. And I smashed in the wall and pulled into the inside. He went past, said, thank you. I'm like, whatever. And um, and then <laughs> kept on going and um, got back a, a few peep, few spots and ended up fifth in the end. So fifth yeah, out nice. of 10th. So not too bad. Um, just got to not crash and get a meatball and I'll be right. But you got to get some uh, Clayton Davies uh, coaching to get you back out oh, there. Definitely. Definitely. I've got to learn what to do when the fucking half, oh, sorry, I keep on swearing. We're not a sweary show. Um, <laughs> when half the track's unusable, three quarters of the track's unusable. But yeah, I've got, got the idea. It's really helping my throttle control. That's why mm. I'm doing it. And um, yeah, I've already noticed a difference uh, in a few things that I've been doing since then. But yeah, we went to Lime Rock for, for Sunday Night Lights, found myself 
what was a car nine or eleven or something here in in split three. Um, so thought I here we go, not too <coughs> not too bad a spot, but um, qualified dismally. It was horrible, horrible thing. Lost it on both laps at one stage, going around, uh, put myself mid pack, which then started off okay. Watched some people go here, there, and everywhere. Basically, sitting around 11th, let a few people pass me as I do in those first few laps under cold tyres. I just I don't understand how the drivers keep you on cold tyres as good as everyone else does. But um, It's tough this season, mate. It's got a bit yeah. tougher, I think. So you're not so, on the pat there, I don't think. But um, got through all that. And then oh, I think lap three or two, um, guy, massive send down the inside and turn one and, and just slid out from the apex and... Net coded me. Uh, I didn't get any damage out of it. Didn't lose any speed. Didn't do anything like that. But I felt bad because all of a sudden there's this guy next to me, and then he's spinning out, and I'm like, "What the hell's happened here?" Thought I'd done something. Um, talked to him after the race. Was he? He just sent it too hard. He said it was his fault. It's all good. Uh, then just kept on lapping and and found myself lapping at the fastest lap of the race almost every lap. Uh, then Mark Jeffrey, who um, qualified pole but had a spin put himself at the back of the field, was then taking it off me, then I was taking it off him. Um, dodged, a, there was a bit of a chaos in the middle where I was sitting about eighth or, or ninth, got myself back to, and the four cars in front of me all decided to battle in the, the left, right, left, right, and um, took themselves out, and I threaded the needle through the middle of them and um, come out the other side, and all of a sudden I'm in fifth, and then doing the fastest laps of the race, and... Um, Got behind this guy last day, Martin. He was a, I was just, yeah, I just couldn't understand him. It was Angel Martin, I think it was, not not Braden. Yep. It's, um, not my, it's not my long lost Spanish cousin or something. No, every time he went up over the hill, he'd get a one X, and then he'd be slightly off on the on the second last right hander before the last right hander, which was then spooking him and 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 slowing him up. Now we'll talk about Elsie Car in a sec, but I've got nightmares about that last corner. Um, <laughs> So I don't want to go down the inside. So it balked me and then I couldn't quite get past him. And then I'm like, oh, he's just going to get a disqualification soon. The amount of times he's going off the track, <laughs> he was going to get a disqualification soon. I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. And then finally we're coming around the top, the, the second last right hander, and he's got wide onto the grass by a long way. So it, I'd lined it up that I was going to be right behind him anyway, and I was going to get him on the straight. But this has forced me now to get a run on him going down into the last right hander. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. And I've, I've audibly yelled out some words as I've gone into it. <laughs> Kept it. I held the inside line. He held the outside line. And he'd, we'd done it before when he'd made the mistake. And he got the run on me because I'd lost the speed. But I'd, he didn't get the run on me this time. And then I had the inside turn for the, the right-hander. And I was faster through that next section. So I knew that. So I just had to get ahead of him. And then got ahead of him. Kept ahead of him. He, he kept on getting close in that second half of the, the lap. But not quite enough. Got the, broke the draft and then that was it. And then with about four laps to go, I, I could see third and fourth ahead of me. And I'm definitely cutting into the thing and there's only about a couple seconds between us. So got down to the last lap and I can see it. I'm in old mate's draft. I'd been in his draft for a lap. He was then in the draft ahead. So three, four, third, fourth, and fifth are all nose to tail going around. And I can see coming out of the, the right, turn one right, then the left, and then the right heading up to the towards the uphill section, there's a car that's lapped. 
um, that, that's 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 multiple laps down. He's going to get in the way, and I'm like, just just use the the chicane, just go right beforehand. <laughs> no, decides to keep on his line, and then goes up the hill, and then goes up the hill in the middle. So third place decides to go right. He's pulled right in front of him, so he's had to stop. Fourth has then got the outside right in front of me, and I'm like, okay, he's going to go around the outside. By this, we're into the right, the second last right hander. And I'm like, okay, he's got plenty of room. Whether he didn't want to overtake old mate and get the podium because, you know, of how he decided I was getting stuffed up or what, I don't know. But he decided not to go around the outside and put on the brakes. And that means I've gone straight into the back of Marcus oh. and launched him Vettel style uh, over. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Yeah, uh, Max's style went straight That's over his head man. and off into the West Chicane um, and then into the wall on the last lap of the race. Um, luckily, Marcus, I didn't feel so bad. He only lost one spot and bloody Martin was the guy who got through. Um, he went back to fifth. I went back to seventh with it all. Uh, and Martin crossed the line with 18X. So in a 17X oh. race. So he must have got it just as he crossed the line. So I was right. He was, gonna, he was very close to getting disqualified. But uh, first SNL, fifth uh, to seventh in the, in the last lap. We could have been fifth to third. So I did notice Still it was mind. good to see a bit of an Aussie car uh, revival in in the splits, though, because there was the Donald and Russell in split one, myself and Nathan in split two, and then I saw that it was yourself, uh, Darren Lassou, and Mark Jeffrey all in split three. So yep. it was good to have yeah. sort of seven of us uh, from it from Aussie car at some point in time across the yep. top three splits, which was cool. Yeah, it was good, and like I said, it's just Lime Rock. I'm I had a very bad time at Lime Rock. I, I Every time I got in position, it was just so hard to overtake there. And I was getting held up over and over again. And it was the same. It wasn't as bad in Aussie car, but let, let's get into Aussie car. So, McKellar, <laughs> look, I'll put my hand up straight away. I'm coming second last in the championship right now. <laughs> There's not much to say except for I was going really well 15th, I think it was, going into the final corner of race one and put the tail onto the dirt. Uh, which then spun me and put me back to thirty second in in one little instant. So that was well, that. It makes then... you, uh, I was going to say, if it makes you feel any better, mate, I did the same thing. Uh, I know you did two or three. <laughs> but it did cost two. you seventeen places after at the end of the oh, race. Was it? You got me, back to ten. So. Yeah, it cost me at least seven. I was I, I drove the second race all but two laps of it with forty five degree steering because um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah I put it in the wall on the inside. There it was a decent hit, and I heard the. The uh, the spotter come over, you know, when he says you got wheel damage, and I just went, yeah. oh, here we go, I'm out, sort of thing. No meatball. Um, See, that's so a miracle. I, I've just got, well, I, I was dreading pitting because I figured as soon as I go in there, I'm going to have mandatory repairs. But yeah. there was no meatball, and I just had optional. So by the, when I went in, eventually I just went, well, I'm sticking with 45 degrees then, and <laughs> off I'll go. So. Um, yeah, but I know exactly how you feel, mate. That final corner, just that millimeter well, too much. Yeah, it's just so. And then I, I watched the broadcast, and here's Ben Snell putting the back wheel onto it almost every <laughs> bloody corner. And I'm that like, is ben oh, Snell. whatever. <laughs> yeah, and he's not losing any momentum or anything. But anyway, um, so yeah, race two then, second lap, I think it was. I've got Philip Acasillas behind me. I've got Clayton Davis in front of me. Clayton gets off on the dirty between the second last and the last corner. It's where he's means- comfortable. Where he's comfortable, but then I've got this run on him, and it's exactly the same as what happened in SNL, except for 
I've put my nose down the inside to hold the inside line, but Philip Pacasoulis has decided to do the same. And because I've slowed up just a little bit, so three into one corner doesn't work. He's hit my rear, and then I've put the foot down. I'm like, okay, I'm still going. It's hit. It's not too bad. And then I've realized, now I'm just rolling here, and there's just revving out. I've got massive suspension damage. Then it's come up with meatball, and then I've got cars going either side of me as I watch pit, pit lane go past me. I'm like, oh, no. So that's then tow, and then that's an eight minutes mandatory, and then that was the end of my race. So, well, because yeah. I, I didn't want to mention, I was going to say, you know, you, you did kind of let the podcast down a little bit in the first race. <laughs> I, I mean, Alex qualified pole, and I took second. So, you know, we needed the top three lockout, and we just weren't there. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I guarantee you, I'm not, never going to be either. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I was, about that. Yeah, I, I had a pretty decent round. It was, um, like I said, qualified second in the in the first race. But I don't know. It's just one of those tracks where uh, I, I'm not aggressive enough, and I let I let AJ uh, go through sort of relatively early because um, I sort of knew that you know battling on that track is just going to cost us time. And uh, but it was the silliest thing I could have done because it meant that at, when Alex and uh, AJ were swapping it just meant there was nowhere for me to go so it yeah. ended up basically locking me into third place unless I wanted to do something a little bit crazy um, and try and really mix things up and I just wasn't prepared to do that in the first race of the season uh, which meant yeah. I sort of just stuck around third and didn't really have too much of a chance to go anywhere else and then uh, last sort of lap Chasty made a slight move on me um, and then, or second last lap, sorry, which was fair enough. And he probably had a bit more speed than me. Um, and I held around the outside, which was fine. I managed to not lose the draft of the, the two top split drivers, but I um, had a really bad last lap and a half. I think just the, spooked a little bit from that passing maneuver. Not that it was bad or anything like that. It was just, I hadn't been tried to be passed for the last, you know, 15 laps or whatever it was. Um, and then, yeah, just had a really terrible last lap. So it gave myself no chance of a win or a, or a second, but took third, which was fine. But it's just one, it's one of those tracks where you kind of have to make some moves to get anywhere. But if you do, you're bringing everyone behind into the race as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's a bit of risk reward. So it's a tricky one. Yeah, there's a, it, there's a lot of strategy there. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, I've definitely gone into this season, especially now I'm doing officials again. I'm trying to be more aggressive. Like before, I, especially going to that last lap of Lot Rock, I'd be like, sweet, I'm 17th or 15th or whatever it was. I've got two guys in front of me. Cool, I'm not really going to get much by getting past these two guys. But I, instead, I went, well, no, I can have a crack at these two. And I, I really tried to push that, la- that the envelope to try and get that, at least one of those two positions in front of me. And it was the same with SNL. I, instead of me backing off knowing, hey, this is going to be an accident here, I went, no, I need to need to be pushing to, to make the most of this potential bad spot. And both times were bad, but at least I'm happy that I put myself in those positions and and didn't just back off and give up, give up because it looked too hard. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do anyway. Yeah. Race two was not too bad as well. Managed to qualify fourth, which was okay for one like qualifying. It's always pretty nerve-wracking going into that. You just don't know where you could end up. If you're too conservative, you drop... 10 positions if you make a mistake you drop 20 positions it's it's pretty tricky to get right so whenever i'm in the top sort of five for that i'm pretty pretty stoked um 
And it was the same sort of thing, except this time, uh, obviously, I had Alex just drive off in front of me. I, I still, I remember thinking, well, he's gone. <laughs> there's no, there's no way he's not. Uh, stay, there's no way he's not got damage, like you said, bad enough to at least have some mandatory um, pits. And then by the end of the race, I look and I'm like, you're tenth. I'm like, oh, that's this is rubbish. <laughs> I thought we we're gonna have a nice yeah. teams championship lead, and all of a sudden we're not even in the even in the front. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, it was interesting, you know, obviously carried a bit by AJ having a really good night. He got second and first, yeah, so that, that helps us a lot. Um, uh, and, you know, in that race one, I was pretty stoked to get a pole first up and a first up win. Um, there's a lot of strategy in those in those front packs and it, it's a lot of it's situational. You know, are there have you got a gap in amongst, you know, a front pack and a second pack? Does battling make a difference? in the context of where you're at in a race, is it the sprint? Is it the feature? Do you have pit stop? All that sort of stuff mm. comes into your decision-making as you approach, say, turn one, for example. And, you know, one of the things I made a point of saying in the lap guide there was practicing multiple lines. So going into it, um, I knew if I was in the front two or three, I was comfortable attacking and defending. And I knew I, I knew I could have a really good show at coming out the front of a pack, either inside or outside. Yeah, um, you like can especially add... with, with Line Rock there, you need to practice that inside line of turn one. There's no, yeah. and, and, and also need to practice hanging wide at turn one yes. to get yeah. to keep turn two, three as your inside run. It's it's 100% yeah. a mandatory one. Even at up going up the hill and going to those two right-handers, yeah. that yeah. inside part there you've got to yeah. practice that every time yeah look people really underrate the outside line at turn one in yeah. terms of yeah. attack and defense because if you the way i look at it if my braking mark is the two board on the standard line uh, and it's about if you look on the right hand side of the track it's about the blue cone if you're over defending on the inside right if i'm on the outside and i'm attacking or defending because the guy's got the inside my braking mark is suddenly the one board Right, because yeah. my apex yeah. is, is two car widths wider. Yeah. So I know that if I go in on the outside, break later, chances are if I get it right, I'll be coming out in front at turn three, the left-hander, right? Yeah. That's my plan going in. So it's those sort of little details that help you, you know. it's The, the stuff that doesn't help you is putting your tire on the grass on the exit of the last corner, <laughs> which obviously we did in, in a race. So I was pretty Apparently gutted by that. that's not good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, there were so many people that did it throughout this week, uh, whether it be an Aussie car or just in the officials. And my, yeah. my view is, and I was talking to Julian O'Frey in the post-race interviews, I asked him specifically what he thought had changed in this season's build, and he said, no, nah, no, it's all the same. And I'm sitting there going, oh, <laughs> not in my books. I, like, I updated the firmware on my wheel because the force feedback felt different. I've changed the profile and the settings of that just to try and get some sort of sense of normality in combination with trying to adjust. But also one thing I've noticed, the the rear outside tyre in the grass this season at all tracks is way more treacherous than mm. it was last season. Even mid-Ohio, there's the, yeah. the, the, the double right-hander over the back. I was yeah. consistently getting my, my right rear on that over that yellow bit and it was sending me every time. There was just no yep. way to save it. Yep. And Road America's the same, mate. There's, there's those corners there, I'm thinking turn... Oh, I'll even turn one uh, yeah. in particular or turn six and and uh, seven out the back there. Uh, 
and and down to turn eight past the hurry downs on the exits there uh you get spat across the track and given the pack racing that can potentially happen there it can be a bad night for a lot of people if you get it wrong so yeah. it just seems to be something that's exaggerated this season which we i don't know maybe it's even more realistic i don't know it's interesting yeah, as well because it's one um, of those ones where you get half a tire off the track and it's disastrous you take half your car off the track, you're perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Uh, which makes it tricky as well. Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about is, and I'm sure he doesn't want us to mention it, but poor old Ben Snell's done a chastity with his engine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, what happened yeah. there? So usually when you blow your engine, you're done, aren't you? He was able to drive around still. So did he yeah. what, half blow his engine? Yeah. How Sometimes I think you get left. I think you get left with a couple of cylinders or something, and it's obviously just down into turn one. He um, dropped down the gears too quick and half popped his engine, and then just trundled around for the rest of it. But um, look, I'm not not shooting daggers at him, but it gave me a bit of relief because every battle I've ever had with him <laughs> to the line, he's always pit me. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I was sorry to see him. Uh, miss out there but he certainly made up for it in race two so yeah that pit strategy i think really stuffed me and chastity in that second race we come out in the wrong part of the traffic and it felt like it felt like every time ben would catch them on on a nice spot and funnily enough when we i went back and watched his stream it actually wasn't as nice as it definitely looked from where we were he certainly was having his troubles with traffic as well but i think just Losing him at the start as soon as that pit stop had finished just cost us so much. We had, didn't have the pace to stick with him without the draft and then tie that in with a couple of uh, not-so-great traffic moments. Just, yeah, we couldn't stay with him. Yeah, I was surprised it had little traffic moments. I was going to say, I was surprised it had little traffic given 37 cars at Lime Rock. Yeah, so. yeah, no, it, was yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But, um, yeah, so the only other thing I haven't talked about is Ed's car, I guess. Um I did go to Las Vegas in in the Oval uh, in the Xfinity cars on Wednesday night. Unfortunately, I didn't stream it, so no one got to see how bad it was. Um, we looking, were keeping an eye on you on uh, on the broadcast. I was having a, yeah. having a watch. They they kept on going, having to go to the back of the field to, to check it out and see how I was going. <laughs> it was it was okay. I I had tire life when people didn't. We had uh, the, the the biggest problem I had was. There was a, only one caution in the race, and it came on lap 30, which put us, you had to do 55 laps to the end. I al- So I almost went a lap down with the caution, and then by the time I pitted too early on the caution, as soon as the pits opened, I went in, and I was still a fair way back from the, the leaders. So they were just about to get past me. In fact, I got stuck up behind the pace car when I went out. But that gave me 55 laps to get to the end, and 52 is a full tank. So I didn't realize how close I was at that stage. And, and I figured there'd be another caution in 55 laps and that I'll just get mm. in the top up and, and go to the end. Um, but alas, there was no caution. So with three laps to go, I had to dive into the pits and, and went a second lap down. Um, I didn't have... See, I had the pace to stay on the lead lap, and especially with everyone having to foot fuel save at the end. But we had a problem in the the tail part of the field was there was a, a big crash, but no one spun around and no one stopped. So I pulled right up for it, expecting a yellow flag and not concerned about, you know, losing time, but then no one spun around, no caution came out. So then all of a sudden I'd get back on the accelerator and try and get through it to try and keep up with everyone. And that lost me half a lap just there. So by the time we got to the end of the race, I'd gone a lap down. Uh, and then I was also having to f- had the, go in and splash to get to the end end up 
seventeenth or nineteenth or something or others. Qualified fairly well, sixteenth, I think, again, um, or so, or there and thereabouts, and and you know, or might have been twentieth. It was it was there was a thirty two odd field, so it wasn't too bad in the end. Um, yeah, twentieth, and then jumped up a couple of spots to seventeenth or something like that. At at no stage did the pit at the end lose me positions because I was the last car, like. There was there was a two lap two lap break between me and the next car back. So by the time we didn't came back out, um, there was no difference there. So um, finished two laps down on a ninety eight lap race, and yeah, every, you know, just regretting a few decisions in my, of my life on that night. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, look, mate, if it, if it makes you feel any better, under the category of making your own luck, I'm a big believer in in what you did in approaching an accident scene is the right thing to do. I, yeah. I don't believe in days of thundering it no. when approaching a, an accident. And I would have ended up worse. You know, yeah, exactly. Who knows? You might have been involved in it rather than driving past it. Yeah. You know? Could have actually brought the caution on. Um, but then, so in between now, then and now, I actually did an AI race. I went, because we've got Talladega tomorrow night, and I thought, oh, Talladega's got to be an AI option, and I did that. And we did a 38-lap field, and I'm like, oh, here we go, because I really needed to practice that getting in close to cars for 100-odd laps. So <laughs> I did a 50-lap race and made myself get in there amongst the AI and, and went three wide all the way around and, and was that third car pushing the third line, the high line, Um did about 20-odd laps. There were 50 laps at Talladega means you've got to stop for fuel. There's a very small pit window. Oh, sorry, there's a very large pit window. You, you just you almost get to the end, but you don't quite. Did around, did about 20-odd laps, and then was in the low line and just lost it, just that little bit, which ended up taking me up through the field. Didn't cause a caution, but I smashed a, a car. I smashed a wall pretty hard, which gave me no meatball but damage, and I, I slowed down and, and dropped right back in the pack. Had to go in get fuel. Went a lap down in an AI race. Was coming basically last. So I'll just keep on getting in there. I'll, there there's always a pack because it's such pack racing. Get in there and make sure I'm I'm doing that. And and I was leading the packs in the AI where I was. And then all of a sudden the caution came out randomly in the AI race. And I'm like okay, here we go. So I went around, did a few laps, got in, got my no, I didn't have to fit for fuel, so I stayed out and got back onto the lead lap with about eight to go. So we were 32 when we started again. 40 field and I'm sitting, or 38 field and I'm sitting there 38th with, with eight to go. I'm like, oh, I'll just see if I can get to like mid-pack or something like that. Just keep on working the lines and working my way up. With a lap to go, I'm sitting in first. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I battle around <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, half, a thousandth of a second between me and me and first and the end cut second. So that gave me a little bit more confidence going into tomorrow night than what would normally happen. But um, nice. it was really good fun. If you get, if you want to do some a some um, oval racing and practice, especially the super speedways, AI is pretty good. Definitely, and they're okay. They the they learned their lessons over the break. <laughs> they stayed away from me uh, when they needed to, which was really good. And I, I think that's. But it was it was interesting because they were they were mostly doing two lines, and they'd go to three, but. I was using that third line. I was trying to get the push around. I was using side draft where I'm not confident using side draft because you've got to get really close to the cars to get it. Um, but it was, it was good. And it definitely taught me a few things. So we'll see how badly I go tomorrow night anyway. But nice. that wraps nice. up, I think, what we've been up to. Sorry, I had to talk for so long. Um, <laughs> I'll try not to do that again. Um, it's nice to see you but, racing, mate. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's good to be racing again. It's good to actually have time and, and come home and tell the wife that I'm going to sit down and do a few practice laps. And yeah, it's good. Nice. But let's get into the news and updates. Uh, tonight, it's brought to you by Brewster Coffee, B-R-E-W-S-T-R dot coffee. Go there and check it out. There's some um, really good coffee places in the world that you probably don't know about, and someone has probably reviewed it with over 30,000 reviews on there. So definitely go review your local one or go find a new one. Go find one that you haven't been to before uh, that is close to you. It's very good, very uh, easy to use, and, um, yeah, definitely go check that out. Also, CD Cintography, go check them out. Uh, Clayton Davies is a legend. We know that. He makes some really cool uh, teaser videos and he makes some really good takes really good photos go check out his facebook page cd cinematography and he can help you out now news and updates just quickly news i haven't told you guys we're in the top 25 of itunes charts for turkey how good is that <laughs> get yeah. that india it's, that's uh, it it's mckellar and his beard really uh, goes <laughs> off with the, with the turkish people i think that's it definitely <laughs> so uh, look, in, in the last week, we have uh, picked up a new driver for Locked On iRacing. I don't know if I can announce that yet. I, I can. Harrison Mitchell's joining Locked On Racing. Nice. So he's in Aussie car. So that's really cool stuff. He's going to be joining the Black Sheep Racing arm of Locked On Racing. So that we're going to start strengthening that up. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have too many um, of the one type of car on the track, <laughs> which I don't want to do. So we had this discussion, but we just don't want to. Yeah, we're going to split it up a bit so we look a bit different more so than we are now but yeah congratulations harrison mitchell on making the jump over i didn't talk about buzzer last week so Buzzer's one of our biggest supporters in the streams uh, he definitely follows our streams around he is racing in the new v8 supercar um, livery that we've got we haven't quite fixed it up yet but he will be racing supercars for us from now on in the force racing league on sunday nights so if you're interested in joining us, especially V8s, we're looking for, for Scops drivers, potential Scop drivers. So come see us. Hit me up in my messages. Get in my DMs, people. Send me <laughs> Slide those on in there. The stuff. That's it. Um, almost said send me those pics, but that's another whole thing we're trying to get money from. No, I'm not doing that at all. Uh, so what happened this week? I know you guys have watched it, and I've watched it, but we had Madison Down win Bathurst 1000. Yeah. What did you think? It was a pretty incredible race. Um, I know that they obviously didn't start where they would have hoped for after a not so great qualifying session. Um, and, you know, the race was pretty tame for the first sort of half to two thirds, which I wasn't expecting, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, I know they're all great drivers, but they're certainly fighting for sheep stations. And when with that, obviously, comes some uh, incidents from time to time, which, in a sense, to, to the fact that Madison and um, his team managed to come from 15th to win it makes it probably even more astonishing, to be honest. Like, yeah. he wasn't relying on safety cars and uh, things like that, but some some smart pit strategy uh, towards the end of the race really really gave him a boost. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. Like, the, the top few outside of Shepard, who got a post-race penalty anyway, but um, all seemed to sort of come through the field we got obviously gears started from the pits and um kids and Stanaway to get on the podium was an absolutely astounding effort but um i think the the scene was set i talk about it with jay in the in the results but the scene was set about three laps in when um um muggle uh, what's his name uh, emily jones's Muggleton. car uh, yeah josh Muggleton. Yeah, Muggleton. Yeah. yeah just tapped uh, we talked about the Discord pretty much when it happened, but tapped, I think, Scott's car and one of the Alters Esports cars and put him into Griffin's 
wall. And yeah, cool. He didn't really have anywhere to go, but he shouldn't have been there. And lap three of a 161 lap race, like he shouldn't be putting himself in that position. And obviously getting the drive-through penalty from the start just told everyone, hey, you get any kind of rear contact on anyone and you put anyone into a wall, we're going to give you a penalty. So just don't do it. And obviously everyone sort of went, mm, okay, let's just pull back a little bit from here and um, go a bit sens- more sensible. Uh, Jay was saying like in, in the chat with him in the results section that he doesn't think there probably would have been a safety car if they didn't do the random ones. Like it was, yeah. they were that well behaved. Yeah, it was, look, I, I watched, I had two windows open. I had the broadcast open, but I my gaze was fairly well stuck on um, the Emery stream with Josh Muggleton yep. all day. Um, and I found it uh, really engaging um, uh, to watch. And the story, it was really fascinating to see. I mean, everyone talks about uh, Bathurst and anything can happen and usually does sort of thing. But their race was actually really engaging to watch. So you had that early incident and you saw their perspective of it was, and you could see firsthand the, the, the guy that they put off, he, he came across quite late mm-hmm. and slapped. Yeah, it, but at the end of the day, they made recontact and they got the drive through. And suddenly their top 10 start, I think they started eighth, they got a drive through there at the back of the field, right? And then to see them drive through the field, um, yeah, they did like really right well. through the field, uh, by the time... Um, you know, they had that by the time they then had an incident later in the race, they were running fourth, yeah, right. Yep. Um, and you know, really touchy, a bit of, bit of controversy around that one as well. You know, like you've got someone on a different pit strategy who isn't necessarily at the same pace with the front runners leading them out after the safety, the final, well, one of the safety cars. Um, so you could say they're out of sequence and you've got people going past them and a little bit probably um, impatient in some circumstances. Uh, and Emery puts it around the outside of Griffin's. There's contact and she's off and, and stranded, right? Um, and to see them fighting back from there and nearly, you know, nearly getting a top 10 from there, it says a couple of things to me. It says the top end of town are really distinct from perhaps everyone else, even though that field is incredibly strong. If you see James not getting into that field, for example, yeah. for 50 cars, there's some strength there, right? Yeah. But the top end of town and the professionalism that they display in that, and dare I say the E-Series as well, it's it's another level, right? But again, back to my original point, watching that day unfold for those two people was absolutely engaging uh, and you know I, I reckon I watched more of that race than I have of the real race in years past where I'm quite happy to sit there with a with a, a, a snack and a drink on the couch and fall asleep for some of it you know whereas I wouldn't wasn't doing that this weekend so it was really good yeah it's why endurance racing so so interesting isn't it it's you know you watch a sprint race you you get a penalty at the start of the race and you know that this is pretty much over there's there's no fight back there's no there's no end point to the race it's just well this is what it is we move on to the next one but you know when you have an endurance race that lasts for that you know six plus hours and anything can happen and you you do have that time if you've got genuine pace to really come from anywhere um no matter sort of what happens so and, and and even if you don't have that complete outright pace, you can still make some really, really good progress just by being consistent and staying out of trouble and making the right decisions at the right times on pit strategy and fuel saving and not burning up your tires. Like there's so much more to it than just driving really fast and hoping for the best. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Now the, I guess the, the, the worst part was watching it and then 
and knowing we've done the twelve hour, you know, and 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 watching enduros and then seeing Hampstead, you know, battling for the championship and then three laps to go getting hit mm. in a, a what however you want to view it, uh, you know, uh, contact, uh, and then watching him okay he survived he did an amazing job to actually survive but then engine blows on the way up the hill and you just feel devastated that 158 laps into this 161 lap race he's blown his engine and that's the end of it like he just has to sit there and watch cars go by and that's all he's the only option he's got so um that was the other end of it be having to watch that but yeah just seeing even the four of them battling for the podium spot um yeah, it was, it was like in the, in the dying laps, not knowing who was going to survive, let alone get on that podium it's, was um, glorious. It's one of those things, isn't it? Endurance racing, is it's a narrative, you know? And not yep. all narratives have happy endings, unfortunately. And some of the no. best ones don't have happy endings. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, it, is a, it is a story, um, no less. I well, suppose. mate, there were, there were 50 odd stories out there on the, on the weekend, you know? And, and all of them would have been. their own merits. Yeah, each, each of them would have been just as, and that's a shame. Like we we talk about the three or four of them, but there was definitely forty other cars out there with just as good of stories to tell. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, hopefully we might be able to help out with that next year and do some more stuff with that. But <laughs> let's go to Madison Downs. So we've got the champion, double champion here with us tonight. So welcome, Madison Downs, and welcome, Madison Down, to the podcast yet again. But this time, as a two-time Bathurst 1000 Scops champion, congratulations, mate! Yeah, thank you. Has a nice ring to it, that's for sure. So, uh, it yeah, does. you always plan to go in and win the race, but to actually do it, it's, um, pretty good. I was talking to one Jay Kennedy today and telling me how you took seven years to finally get one, and now you're just rolling in them. Yeah, apparently, when you win the first one, the second one comes a lot quicker. So, um, yeah, good problem to have. It's, it was always a race that got away, but um, two in consecutive years is awesome. So, and I know you said that, uh, you know, you always go into the race planning to, to win, but it didn't all start as probably <laughs> the way that you wanted it to with the Saturday. So what, what was that like? Yeah, I, I got um, my teammate Josh Anderson to qualify the car. He was probably a little bit faster over one lap than me, but unfortunately he's had an ongoing hardware issue with USB disconnects with his um, steering wheels. So Unfortunately, those problems reared their heads on the outlap and we hoped it would hold in for the hot lap there in the shootout. But as soon as the lap started, he wasn't getting gears on the main straight and um, it cost him there and it worked the rest of the lap after that. So he still got a lap in, but lost too much time. So yeah, put us on the back foot, but we knew it was a long race. So we just eyes forward, head, head down and go for it. So shout out to your teammate, also a Bathurst champion now, Josh Anderson. How, how did it go with a new co-driver this year like how did that feel yeah it was a bit different to last year so I guess this year I had more of a lead driver role last year with Dane Warren coming in and subbing um quite clearly he's one of the benchmark guys and very fast not only in the Australian level but the world level so last year I was probably clear number two whereas this year having um Josh Anderson as my teammate he's new to TTR this year and um he's really trying to move forward and i've i've tried my best to help him this year so it was awesome to team up with a guy that i was so close with in terms of um, friendship as well 
Um, and yeah, we just worked really well together. And in the end, I think we um, we both drove a pretty good race. So yeah, it was um, it was nice to get that result with a good mate and someone that yeah we've really been trying to build up his um, his results across the year. So tell me, you start fifteenth. What's what's your mindset like at that stage on, on at the first lap of one hundred sixty one laps? Uh, first things first for me was get the car off the line without stalling it. So we did that. Um, and then Such simple basic... things, isn't it, that you've still got to focus on, even at your level? It is. It is. Um, so with, with all the all the driving aids turned off, it's actually quite easy to stall the car, especially yeah. with the long ratio. So I've, I've had the big clutch pedal shakes and all that on the start line and hoping not to stall it. And yeah, got it away, got it rolling. My aim, honestly, from 15th was to try and stay out of trouble. So... Um, try and move forward as the positions came, only take high percentage passing moves, don't do anything risky. I think it was around about lap five, there was a monumental with an Altus car in the fence at turn two. And yeah, um, yeah they were all three wide up Mountain Straight. I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest, that <laughs> early in the race. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was pretty nervous following that. But um, yeah, it all worked out well. I think I got well and truly about halfway into the top 10 there in the first stint. So the aim was to try get that track position back, but not take any risks doing so. So, yeah, managed to do that. It felt like watching the broadcast that, apart from that first sort of incident, like you said early, everyone was pretty well behaved at least for the first sort of half to two thirds of the race. Did that sort of change the way you were driving at all? Were you expecting to maybe gain some more positions early or have some more uh, safety cars to to contend with? Yeah, it was a weird one. It was probably the cleanest 1,000 we've seen in Scops, actually. Um, there was a distinct lack of safety cars, and there was a lot less accidents than what we were expecting. So the race ran green for majority of the event. I think we only had maybe three safety cars across the whole race. Um, so it was, it became a lot about managing tyres and that type of thing, which normally for us, um, there's so many safety cars that change the strategy up over the course of a race that um, tyres and, and fuel conserving doesn't become a, a massive factor. But we had a long green flag run. So for me, it was just keep keep the car consistent, we knew there was going to be more safety cars, but um, we didn't mind that we were 10 seconds off the lead most of the day. We were just logging the laps, keeping the car straight and getting in that fight to the end. So what what stage was it when you you thought, okay, we're, we're just want to, you know, do the strategy, keep, keep on the track, do all this kind of stuff. Did your shift go to, we could win this thing right here, like we just have to stay on the track now? Yeah, so most of the race, we were obviously just taking it easy. In we we basically second most of most of the event, um, and it got to there was a safety car at lap 111 from memory, and the critical lap with a pit stop to go um, was about lap <laughs> 115. Yeah. So it was about four laps short of when everybody needed to get home on one more stop, but with where we were, everyone had to pit. Um, take fuel you got to under the safety car so then you know we were looking at things like what happens if there's three more safety cars can we fuel save what happens if there's one soon what happens if there's not one well you know so many things going through our mind Um, and we were back in about fifth at that point fifth or sixth somewhere in the 10 but we're a little bit out of position and um, yeah the next safety car came at a point at a really awkward point in the race yeah. And that was that was the moment where we made the right call, basically. Um, half did, half didn't. And um, for us, not pitting was never 
a factor. I think it was around, that was around the lap 120 something mark, about 40 laps to go, 35 laps to go, somewhere around there. And um, we were discussing undercuts. We were discussing taking less fuel because we assumed everyone was going to be down the pits and we wanted track position. So we were discussing how much fuel we were going to put in the car instead of are we pitting, yes or no. So when I saw Caruso and Webster and Ethan Warren, Jake Burton and Ethan Greg Galt and uh, Ben Smith all stay out in front of me, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing and we just stuck to our guns and pitted and that turned out to be the race winning call. Yeah, definitely. What what do you think made them want to stay out? Were they so worried about that track position that they thought people behind were going to stay out and try and make it to the end or that what what do you think the thinking would have been behind it because it obviously yeah, played they, out to being such a big big game changing move um you know there's a lot of intelligent drivers up there you'd think they would be all all onto the same idea it really could have gone either way um it depended really on how many cars pitted so basically at that stop we put in about half a tank of fuel which is a pretty considerable amount. It's up around the 20, 25 second, about 25 seconds of fuel. So basically what we were looking to do was shorten our final stop. And we were essentially banking on there being another safety car where everyone would come down the pit lane and we would be stationary a lot less time because at the end of those races, it's generally carnage. So we just figured let's make our last pit stop as short as we can and that's how we'll jump to the front. What actually happened in the end is there was no more safety cars after that, which is totally unexpected, um, thankfully (laughs) for us, though. Um, And not enough cars stayed out for them. So we were only about five or six cars behind that lead pack that opted to stay out. And they were looking to do one more pit stop, but have hopefully 15, 20, 25 cars in between us and them, which that track position loss would have caused us to be lapping a lot slower and they might have been able to build that margin to to get that 20, 25 seconds they needed, but didn't turn out to be the case. Pretty much everybody behind me pitted almost apart from about five cars. So um, we probably got a little bit lucky, but at the same time, it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting to see it all play out. So you, you finished Bathurst, you, you, you know, you can say now you're a, Bathurst 1000 winner ahead of Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, who joined the podium with you. But how hard was it to be sitting there and, and finding out what happened to your your teammate, Richard Hampstead? Yeah, it was gut-wrenching. <laughs> Richard and I are fighting for the Vatscops Championship as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've been very close all year. And from a championship perspective, it was looking like that was going to stay exactly the same as it was. And they had a really good race. They probably didn't quite um, have car speed throughout the day and they got a few penalties and that type of thing. They got speeding in pits, which put them down the order. So to see them second was quite amazing. Um, On that lap, actually, I had um, Jake Maloney drop into our channel and say to me over the top of the mountain, hey, Mads, do you mind backing up a little bit to bring us back into the draft to defend from Corey Shepard? Um, So on that lap, I I just said, I'm going to wait till Conrod. I I was in the zone, basically, where I didn't want to change anything I was doing over the top in case I buggered it up and stuck it in the concrete. So I said, I'll wait till Conrod straight, bring you back into the draft and go from there. So that lap, I actually short-shifted the sixth gear really early on Conrod straight to bring them back into that two, two-and-a-half-second window so they would get a little bit of toe. 
and that was the lap where the incident happened. So <laughs> I felt a little bit, I, I shouldn't, but I felt a little bit bad that maybe I didn't back off quick enough to give him that toe. But um, yeah, I saw it all unfold in the mirror into the kink of the chase behind me. I was looking up there at the battle and yeah, gut-wrenching. Those guys were absolutely shattered. So yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I still, I, I still don't know how he didn't put it, did do more damage on the way down the hill. Um, the way he held it on that grass was just phenomenal. But yeah, obviously wasn't to be in the end. Uh, so yeah, sort of ruins the championship um, battle that we're going to have at the end of the season, I guess now. But how overall TTR, how, how do you feel you went? Yeah, we were strong. We, we had a pretty good race car and we placed a lot of trust in the guys that are not doing E-Series. So a lot of our team, I think we're trying to think, I think we've got six drivers in our team in the E-Series. So basically our whole team um, is in that E-Series happening at the same time, which has its problems because you just trying to prepare for two series that are that competitive is really tough. Um so we had Josh Muggleton in particular doing a lot of laps in the lead up, probably about from about three weeks out, he was doing setup work for us basically, leaving all the notes, leaving all the telemetry, leaving all the data all there for when we got there. Um, so he gave us a really solid base. Um, and Lee Ellis as well did a lot of testing on that setup to give feedback. And then when we got to Thursday after the E-Series had finished and we got the whole team onto it, we started making really big steps forward in setup. Um, but that base was really the starting point. We rolled the car off in pre-qualifying with speed straight away. And um, a lot of that was thanks to, to the Josh Mugglesons and Lee Ellis and Kurt Stenbergs of the team that aren't in the E-Series that could do those laps and get the base for us. So massive credit to those guys. And I think the teamwork, and we spoke about this a lot on the podcast previously with me, but the teamwork in TTR in the lead up to that 1000 was just amazing. And um, there was a reason that there was a couple TTR cars at the front at the end. We, we did a lot of work on strategy, setting up spreadsheets and that type of thing. So it auto calculates, you take all the guesswork out of it and that's how yep. you end up with the right result. Excellent. And yeah, like preparation is the key for big enduros like that, I guess. Yeah, are you happy to not have to worry about enduros for a while? Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting one. I've I've actually had a lot of hardware problems recently. So to to have that one go right even from Josh Anderson's point of view, to have those ones go right or that race go right, it couldn't have been a better race. Um again, literally the day after my my VR headset died. So <laughs> I have to I bought a G2 and yeah. it died the day after and will not work. So if that happened a day earlier, it would have been a disaster. Same thing with Ando's shifter. The problems that he had Saturday came up again on Monday, the day after the race. <laughs> wow. So we were very fortunate. We've been having a bad run with some of that stuff. So I'm very fortunate to get back to sprint racing where that stuff doesn't have as big of an opportunity <laughs> to go wrong. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, enduros are tough. They it's a big weekend. Like this this week, it, it doesn't feel like I've had a day out of the sim seat. Basically, from E series now Bathurst in the weekend, now straight back into E series again on Wednesday. So, yeah, it's hard. It's it's pretty um it's pretty committed. So we, what what's what track you got for the E series this week? Sorry, Bathurst. It is Bathurst. Exactly. So this is just straight back into it. What do you yeah. like the chances of um doing that with it blindfolded for a bit? Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've had the ideal warm-up race for the uh, the next little 10-lap run I'll get to have on Wednesday. But um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. Even that presents its issues. Um, going from an open setup car where you're so happy with the compliance of the car, going to something that's the baseline setup that we use for E Series, which is nowhere near as nice to drive, um, has been challenging. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Another crack at trying to win a yeah, with, Bathurst Enduro with a track so technical like Bathurst as well. Going from a completely you know settled setup to something that you're not necessarily comfortable with, that's almost like relearning a track in itself, anyway, right? Yeah, kind of. Particularly over the top, the way that you've got to drive the car over the top of the mountain with a bit more understeer in it is is quite tough um you can't let the car roll as much and use the momentum of the car or you've you've got to use the brake a bit more and that type of thing to get it to turn and rotate um the shock settings as well on the car are a little bit different and nowhere near as nice down skyline where you cobble that curve down the hill it's getting a big bounce going so there's a little <laughs> bit of differences in the way that you've got to attack it but overall i mean doing doing a thousand K race gets you pretty confident around the concrete walls. So um, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with hanging the car off the fences, but um, yeah, it's just a matter of maximizing the speed more than anything. And overall, have you enjoyed the E-Series experience this time around? It's been good. I've had a really up and down season though. So I've had some really disappointing results but i've had have had a couple good ones the bjr team's been great to work with again so um yeah i've had a podium last time out and had a fourth place and yeah working with jake burton and jackson susan harlow again has been excellent those two are having an incredible season um second Mm -hmm. and third in the championship they're both driving amazingly well um but again we're working really well as a team so we've got all the engineers on board again this week we've got the real world drivers with us as well so the amount of effort in that environment much like ttr going in behind the scenes looking at data we're pretty much practicing every day we're having one day off a week basically um so practicing most nights looking at data most nights and um those that effort going in is definitely rewarding us so you've got Jackson Susan Harlow with you and BJR. How what was it like watching him put his car on, on the front row at Bathurst on the weekend? Yeah, it wasn't surprising. Um, he's he's probably been the standout driver in BJR in the E Series in terms of his one lap speed. So yeah. he's been very very fast recently, and a massive credit to him. He's come from ninth in last year's E Series to up to I think he he's either second or third now, but he's he's having a ripper season basically. Um, and his car speed is so much better. And I think he's he's quite a young guy, so I think he's probably matured a little bit as well. He was always probably a little bit loose in terms of his um his speed and maybe a bit aggressive at times and could throw away certain results. But this year he's been so calculated with the way he's approached his practice and his races. Um, it's it's cool to see him progress. Frustrating to now be having to chase him as much as I am. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you got to be happy happy to see that. And at the 1000, again, he was he was very fast. He didn't quite make, it might have been Jackson of old, actually. He, he had a car yeah. in the fence in the last stint there and, Got himself a drive-through. So, um, yeah, that put him out of contention there. Yeah, he was right up there until that happened. Uh, so, do you think Bathurst driving with the all-stars, inverted commas, is going to be the, the great equaliser for Dane Warren? That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> want to be Chaz in this moment. I think, um, I think with Dane having not lost the race, the pressure is going to be on. Um, 
we'll see. I mean, Chaz is pretty handy in the sim, so is, I, yes. I think he's going to be quite fast still, which is good. I'm sure that's helping Dane's stress levels. But um, <laughs> yeah, definitely there's some there's some really good combinations. The the ones to beat is definitely going to be Phil Cell and Kostecki. Those guys are going to be almost untouchable, yeah. I'd imagine. Um, Forzen and Richie Stanaway as well. Very, yes. very strong combination. So there's well, a couple of proved really that on the weekend, didn't he? To be yeah, honest. yeah. And he, he once upon a time, I remember when I first joined iRacing, he was in the pro series in the Formula yeah. One car years ago, probably a decade ago now, but he knows his way around a sim. For us, I mean, the, the BJR guys have all had sims before and they've done a fair bit of sim racing, but not really much in competition. So yeah. it's been, for me, it's kind of been like a virtual racing school coaching session with Todd, <laughs> who I'm driving with, just feeding him data and all that. But um, just just pointing out little bits and pieces that iRacing is, you know, a little bit different to real world, pointing out what's the same, pointing out what's different, whatever secrets I can give, I'm giving. It's in my best interest to try and get those guys <laughs> up to speed as best as we can. So, um, yeah, but today, I mean, we got sent to... 13-page document by Todd's engineer outlining exactly where in the data that time could be. And even in um, even for myself versus Jake and Jackson, basically going, no worries, um, you're 800 slower than Jake at the moment, but I've found you three-tenths, just do this and um, read the 13 pages and there's your problem solved. So it's, um, yeah, <laughs> I wish it was that easy sometimes, but um, yeah, it's good having that support. There you go, so, Pete. That's all you need is a 13-page document and you'll be right up the front well, of Aussie car. There you go, Braden. Send it to me and I'll read it for sure. <laughs> there. At what stage in your life did you think you were going to be um, finding three-tenths for Todd? I I was explaining to someone at work the other day uh, about how I've got to go home and teach a V8 supercar driver how to drive a V8 supercar and they were a little bit confused. Um but oh, obviously, I then then mentioned, oh yeah, it's a, it's a game, by the way. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I think for those guys, it's a matter of trying to get their hardware set up right. Yeah. I I honestly, to answer the question, I never thought I, I any sim racer would be in the um, same channel, chatting and helping supercar drivers and sharing a car with supercar drivers. So it's a very unique thing. But really, it's just been about giving him the confidence and getting him comfortable in the car so that he can do the job. And from what I'm seeing in the practice races we've done, he's certainly capable. He can certainly steer and he's he's, he's not a bad supercar driver for no reason. So exactly. just a matter of putting it together when it counts, I guess. Yep, cool. Okay, we've we've taken up way too much of your time again already. Thank you again, <laughs> no, Madison Down. For being a legend and congratulations and, and pass congratulations on the josh for us uh very very good effort uh hopefully we'll talk to you again soon because i just went back into interview mode and i think we could have gone on for another hour so we'll have to try and catch up again soon mate yeah all good everyone that thank knows you me so knows i don't shut up so um so thanks for having <laughs> me guys and i'll pass on those congrats to ando yeah thanks mate have a good one we'll talk to you soon catch up what an absolute legend. Congratulations, man, down on getting double back-to-back wins in the Bathurst 1000 for Scops. So we have got more news and a little bit of news. Uh, it's been one of those weeks. We had all the news last week, no news this week. Skippies, if you're doing the officials this week, I don't want to tell you, but Braden's making me tell you, this week has got extra fuel required to do the full 
race. If you put 11.8 in like you do every other week, you will not get there. Um, it's a funny maybe... one. RACC seem to have this thing with Hockenheim Ring and making it the track that they try and surprise everyone with. So I'm not quite sure why. It was like that the first time they put Hockenheim Ring in. Then for the short layout, they left it normal. You could get by on 11.8, but they've brought it back for this round. So it must be something about See, Hockenheim. <laughs> I prefer what they do with the MX-5s. Like one or two races a season is the 45-minute race and they limit fuel. I prefer them to do that with the Skippy. Just make it a full, you know, 40-minute race and you've only got 7.9 fuel, so work it out yourself or, or 11.8. So you have to do a stop in there. I I, I just think that's a better option, but, you know, oh, just I'd, making you. I'd also be more than happy with that. It's the fact that they don't advertise it at all. It's just it's sitting the <laughs> schedule as a 25-minute race and you think it's going to be a 25-minute race and then you jump in and all of a sudden you're out there for 30 minutes. So, yeah. I just wonder if they didn't do their maths right, mate. <laughs> Two times in a row. happened before. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> Someone's going to have to get them a calculator. Before. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting that they've done that. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how many people fail and have to pit in, in that's why I wanted to race today because I'm like I've got to get in here why people don't know and get a few <laughs> bonus points but didn't quite get there but uh the other thing is we had a new track announced as well randomly after the podcast so yet again uh Los Angeles Coliseum is coming to iRacing fairly soon it looks like so can you call um, it a track yeah I don't like it it's <laughs> it's a flat short oval like Bristol but flat um yeah, cool. It's uh, I believe it's one of it's the old Olympic venue, um, or something like that. They've repurposed to a yeah, racetrack, something so, like that. And I guess the interesting thing is it's not been driven on yet, right? It's another one of these tracks that iRacing yeah. is actually debuting before, uh, before they the go, actual yeah. cars go there. So that is cool. That's a cool part of it. Like you're getting a bit of a sneak peek of what the racing is going to be like before it actually happens. But yeah, it's not. Yeah, so I, it's got zero banking from my from from the pitches, which. I, I think I've raced a couple of these ones before, but even then they've had a little bit of banking and Yeah, they're called road tracks. Yeah, no, they're crazy. <laughs> I don't like them. They don't they shouldn't happen. Although the one time I did I can't remember which one it was, I, I did a really good um race there and got like podium in the trucks. So maybe it'll be maybe it'll suit me. Doubt it though. Anyway. But that's that's coming, so look out for that. Uh, let's head into the results section though. The results section tonight are brought to you by driversclub.net.au like I said Kyle's had some things going on so give him some time but he does promise me he's back into it soon but 10 bucks gets you like 12 months uh, with the racing so the V8s uh, all kinds of V8s that they race over there also uh, the Formula V's at the moment so bringing uh, some broadcasters broadcast racing to you over there so if you're keen go check it out um, they're really good stuff so hopefully we're hearing some more from him soon but let's get into the results so we talked about uh, we've talked to the champion, we've talked about the Bathurst 1000, but let's get the whole Bathurst weekend results live, or not live, but from Jay Kennedy's mouth, the man who stuffed up the first lap of the <laughs> opening race uh, broadcast of Bathurst 1000. We do talk about it, so take it away, Jay. And welcome back, Jay Kennedy, to the podcast. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, uh, exhausted, but yeah, it wasn't too bad a weekend and uh, starting to recover finally. I'm going to test how, how tired you actually are. I'm going to throw you a joke and see if you get it. It's actually a true, true thing. I'm just looking at the results. We're apparently number 25 in Turkey in the podcast charts. 
Oh, appropriate if you use a bunch of turkeys. There it is. You're smack bang on it. How good yeah. is that? Let's get into bath this weekend, mate. So it all started Friday night. Um, the the massive weekend. Quickly, how do you feel? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I, f- I feel good. It was a, a very, very good weekend. Uh, we raised a, a good amount of money for, for Lockie's charity cause. Had probably the biggest viewership we've had on our own channels uh, for an iRacing event. So, yeah, can't complain at all. Uh, how do you feel about the whole missing the start on your on your telecast? Yeah, so to explain what <laughs> happened is uh, running two PCs, obviously. One is the main broadcast PC. The other one picks up the iRacing vision and yep. my capture card sends it across. And I got that glitch, which I know a lot of people have got, is when it's swapping over between a qualifying and a race session that yeah. iRacing freezes. <laughs> and it just happened to be on that PC at that time. But other than that, um, I, I give it a probably an A-grade show, just other than that one issue, which I literally have no control over. So was there, like, if we had heard you, was there swear words? Was there... Oh, was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if there was a blooper reel, um, yeah, it would have been be uh, an interesting <laughs> listing. Uh, some kids out there would have learnt words that they may never have heard before. Oh, that's good to see. Anyway, so Friday night, all the action started. What 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 did we see on Friday night? Yeah, so we had flat sixes uh, on Friday night. They ran their first uh, race uh, in heat format. So it uh, added a little bit of something different because they didn't get the extended uh, qualifying. So they had to finish their qualifying runs within the time uh they didn't get to finish their laps once the clock hit zero yeah uh but the results themselves didn't shake up too much but the controversy was still there once again (laughs) final lap of race one started with matt danson riley preston and cam dance your top three and somehow at the exit of the cutting matt danson and riley preston ended up side by side made contact and cameron dance pulled a bradbury and went on by to take the win (laughs) so cam dance won race one race two very very similar uh ending to the race with controversy again contact (laughs) between cameron dance dan yeaman uh thomas hins and a couple of others as well and uh Dan Yeaman ended up picking up the win after the contact there with uh, Dance and Hins. So uh, two different winners at Bathurst. And if you were to look at the field beforehand, probably not two winners you would have guessed, but yep. two very deserving drivers. Oh, that's fair enough. That's what we want to see, especially uh, in the support races. Good fun. And the heat format sounds like it went pretty well. So uh, that's good. I want to yeah, it was I good. touch Definitely. on that later off, yep. off air because I've got some plans and that sounds pretty cool but anyway let's move on to the rest of it so we had a 2250k race as well yep so on saturday afternoon we started with uh the 250k support in the v8s the old fg and z uh sorry and uh vf commodore yeah and yeah fantastic race probably one of the best races we've seen uh in those cars for a long long time uh teammates formation finish in the end at the front between Henry King and Aaron Gilbert, they had a really, really good battle. And then Mazomo and Gavin Cox had a brilliant battle for fourth for the entirety of the last three or four laps as well. So that was a an awesome little battle between them and uh, in between those guys, Dan Stevens, Mr. Consistent, picking up another podium in that series as well. Ah, sweet. So we'll go straight to, we'll skip the qualifying and stuff. The Trucking Legends was the other race on that weekend, right? Yep, final we had trucking a, legends. And we had a team's formation, but not for across the line. They sort of crashed into each other and took themselves <laughs> out. <laughs> well, yeah, the, there's a bit of uh, 
controversy within that <laughs> that series, <laughs> teammates taking each other out and uh, my teammates uh, doing well and not doing well. So uh, Ashley Lear had a shocker for talking, but Aaron Russell picking up back-to-back wins to wrap up the season. But uh, the championship leader, I, I felt bad because I may have put He's the, the absolute commentator's <laughs> curse on him. All he had to do was finish. He ends up facing the wrong way at the end of lap one, but he uh, ended up doing it, that being Dan Stevens. So congratulations to Dan. Nick Scrave finishing he, he, second in the championship and Reese Gardner finishing third. He seemed to be fairly happy with the, the championship win too. I, I saw you cut oh, to yeah. the Zoom Zoom call. He was fist pumping and then he got it ready and he, he burned it up on Hill's Corner and it was... He was very, very happy with that result. It's not too often you do win a championship in iRacing. And I mean, the support series has been pretty competitive and getting more competitive each and every round that we've done. So um, to to win any championship in iRacing is pretty special. So to capture that moment was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely was. So that leaves us with the V8s, I guess. Um, so they had a, a chunky qualifying session. Um, which which shuck out a, a top fifteen. What what happened in this top fifteen shootout? It was obviously a little bit different because we had zero X's not not mattering as much in this qualifying session. Yeah, um, I, we found that the the guys were pushing a lot harder than what we we'd seen previous. It'd been you know like ninety nine percent laps as opposed to the one hundred and one really pushing it really hard. Um, we've seen guys you know in real life cross McPhillamy Park running it wide and through the grass there, and the guys knew that they could do that this year. They didn't have to worry about, you know, oh, well, I've thrown my lap away. I'll just put it in the wall. It doesn't matter. They can still push and their time is going to count. So they pushed the whole way through, which was really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. There was definitely a little, a few scrapes on doors when they got down the bottom of the hill as well. But I guess the big, big shock was um, Anderson not going that well and missing gears across the start finish line, which sort of put him two seconds down, um, starting him from 15th. But talk us through those... um, the top two, did, were you expecting those top two to, to come through? Definitely not uh, expecting those guys at the front. No offense to those guys, but <laughs> with the, the way that the field was stacked, um, those were probably two that I would have penciled in and uh, say maybe P5, P6, but Gilliam self, uh, himself said how many laps he'd done and was incredible because he's practicing for both E-Series and the 1000, top prequel, second in the actual qualifying session itself. And then to, to put it on pole, fantastic effort. And uh, first ever v Scops Bathurst 1000 pole for that team as well as for himself. Uh, pretty exciting to see the young guys and, and almost like a changing of the guard too with the likes of Jordan Caruso, Cooper Webster, those guys being right up there as well. Um, it, it felt like a new era for, for Australian sim racing with those guys up at the front. And then we fast forward a thousand laps and, and a few hours later, and it feels like we almost went old guard again. Um, so I, I guess I didn't get to see all the race. I got I got to see probably the second half of it. A little bit of controversy I saw at the start with um, Muggleton pumping, punting, was it Scott into turn two? Into yeah, a little bit of contact, yeah, between them. It was it was fairly minor contact, but yeah, yeah. There, there was, a, yeah, there definitely was contact and race control pretty much straight away said that any contact at that point was going to be frowned upon. So uh, everyone definitely from that point tightened up how they were driving through that section because they knew that if there was contact, uh, the admins were going to give them a penalty fairly quickly. Uh, a few other little controversies is uh, one of the TTR cars were having issues with their black box, which is then causing them to speed in pit lane because they were trying to get, <laughs> no. get uh, out of the pit lane quicker and, you know, turning off their pit lane speed limiter, maybe, two or three tenths too early, which 
then ended up costing them a drive-through. So a, yeah. a couple of little things like that, which uh, may I have saw, cost them the race in the in the end. I saw Jackson Susan Harlow was going fairly well, and then got a got a pet drive-through as well. What was that one about? Yeah, good question. I don't remember. I, I I'm honestly <laughs> the worst person to to, to they, ask about there was a few like of them. There, there was, was so them. much going on. Yeah, there was a few of them that end up like I think uh, Gilliam got taken out by a, a penalty as well. Or oh, they... no, Gilliam, Gilliam and Griffin Gardner. Griffin Gardner had an internet cutout while they were oh, is that what in, it was? The, in the top couple of positions, and yeah, okay. that uh, that really hurt them. There was they ended up much... two laps down and come back to to get a top fifteen. They were they're in contention towards the end. Yeah, because I saw them sneak back onto the lead lap there towards the end, which is with the last safety car, I think it was. They stayed out and uh, just beat uh, the leader at the time out onto back onto the track, which was which was good to see. So, lots of hard luck stories, but you do all that like at Bathurst. There's always hard luck stories, but then you get uh, it always the cream does rise to the, tr- the top, and Madison down and Josh Anderson from fifteenth rose up and and ended up walking away with it by about eight seconds, I think, in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something around that. But one of the interesting things was while Richard Hampstead was in the lead, uncharacteristic mistake while he was in the lead to give the uh, lead over to Madison Down. And from that point on, he never looked back. And Madison ended up being the first driver ever to go back-to-back at Bathurst in the uh, V8 Scop Series. So winner of, it took him seven to win one, and now he's gone on a <laughs> one-two in a row. Smashing him out. I talked to him after the race, and he was he was very excited. So uh, congratulations, Madison Down. Hopefully, we're going to have a bit of a chat with him on the podcast as well. Uh, if not, well done, mate. Well done, indeed. Uh, so there was a little bit of stuff happening behind him to fill those podium positions. It looked pretty well sorted. I think it was Shepard and Hampstead. We're going like it wasn't going to be a huge difference to the to the championship points, and then all of a sudden, both of those two cars got together and. Well, one didn't finish the race. Yeah, and it's still controversy, same as what we saw <laughs> after him. Like the exact same situation, a post-race penalty, no time penalties, provisions in the rule book for 2021. They will be for 2022. Oh, Can confirm that. It's guaranteed <laughs> yep. to be in there. Um, but yeah, so it's the exact same situation that uh, effective drive-through penalty was given, but it's only given as a points penalty on the result sheet so that the second place stands but if you look at the points awarded for the race, they've been issued a drive-through penalty post-race, yeah, but so, not in regards to actual physical position. Yeah, so unfortunately that cost Hamstead the race with, what, two laps to go. His, his engine blew on top of the mountain, which wasn't a very good thing. And um, i still shocked that Corey got across the line because his car going up the hill afterwards was very much hitting walls and bumping around. Uh, but he ended up holding on, obviously, to get across the line second. But then we had... Some guy called Shane Van Gisbergen come in third with Richie Stanaway. So never heard of him. Never heard of him. The really good rookie rookie no. race for them. So well done. <laughs> it was. Um. It's. Uh, we were talking before. It's really cool to see uh, Richie back racing at top level again. Because those may not know, Richie used to race in the IRS and Grand Prix World Championship back when he broke his back from that uh, nasty accident at Spa a few years ago. So after that, he uh, spent a lot of time on iRacing and qualified for the world championship, which not many in our area have done before. Yeah. So uh, really cool achievement for him to do that. So Richie can drive on the sim and yes, it's great to see him back, back <laughs> racing again. And uh, yeah, I don't think people realize how good Richie used to be back in the day. And he's slowly getting back to that form he used to have. And Shane's a freak. Um, Shane's raced these cars for forever. And it, it almost felt like old times watching SVG and Richie, uh, 
battling out there with Madison Down and Richard Hampstead. It felt like the old V8s online broadcast from 2012 <laughs> because they were the guys that we saw battling with Muggo and Justin Rougier. They all battled together and all had some great races. So now, 10 years on, they're still going. To highlight this performance too, these guys started last because of a, 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 a was it a penalty on qualifying because they, it was a bad rejoin or something along those lines? I've got the penalty list here. I'm just trying to read it. So there's actually four penalties SVG got <laughs> uh, in qualifying, which is if you got an extra penalty uh, in the race, it would mean that he's banned straight away from one race. So you got a penalty for uh, contact with Reese Keane. Then there's a second uh, penalty for Reese Keane for contact with Shane. And then yep. there was a contact with uh, an issue with he and Wade Sheedy for impeding. And then he's... Uh, contact that he made after the impeding which uh, awarded him a pit lane start and then he escaped without permission which is an extra penalty as well so right. Shane, Shane uh, had a bit of a shocker in quality but uh to start from pit lane and still end up winning the race I think Richie Stanaway got him up from to uh 41st by the top of the mountain yeah. by the time they got into the chase they're into the 30s already so uh, a really good drive from both of them it's very very well done and um, Simon Feigl and Ryan Wood, they also started from the back and had a pretty good day, yep. got up to fourth at one point, but uh, still finished in the top 10, but didn't quite get the result that they would have liked. But there's and some really cool stories the whole way up and down the field. It is. And even the fact that I think while Corey and um, Hampstead were going at it, I think uh, JS, uh, J- Jackson Suzuharlo and, and Gizzy were, were almost cutting it out. Uh, killing each other coming down the chase as well at one stage. Yeah, that, that was a four-car battle there too. I think it was uh, Muggleton was in there as well. And I'm trying to think of who else was, was in there. Was it Feigl in there or was yeah, it? Feigl, like, yeah, it was, it yeah, it was Ryan Wood and Feigl. Their car was in there. I think it was four or five cars all fighting yeah. over that spot. And SVG trying to get his way through on fresh tyres. Uh, and the other guys still saving a, a splash of fuel as well. So it was a pretty cool watch. And um, Shane just, he, he left it all out there. I don't think he cared. If he put it in the wall, he wasn't worried. Yeah, but he, he was pretty happy to get a, a result as well. So yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, cool, excellent. So that wraps up Bathurst for another year. The probably at this stage still the only Bathurst we're going to see this year. Um, what's next on the Scops calendar? Yeah, we get a couple of weeks off before we head to uh, a track that we've never done in uh, V8 Scops before. That being Long Beach. So Ooh, wow. something we've been wanting to do for forever. We've run a test race there uh, i think 2017 on the old test uh layout the uh what was it what were they called the test track yeah test. Yeah. um so we, we did yeah the, whatever it is i can't remember <laughs> but um yeah we did that and uh that was pretty cool we did that for like a pre-season warm-up sort of thing a few years ago so we've done it before in that aspect but to to go there properly and and run the race proper is going to be very very cool uh, and it will also feature, once again, a full field shootout format like we did at Belle Isle last year, which is going to be very, very cool. Excellent. I hope they're fixed. The last time I went to Long Beach, my car got flipped over going out of the hair, last hairpin there. So, And I think Jason Fuelan's got sent into space. So hopefully they fix that. But that was about a week after it launched. So hopefully they have. Uh, is What type of format we got for that sprint enduro? What are we looking at? We'll be another, back to the sprint round. So I think it'll be a 200k race, similar to what we had at Long Beach. Uh, sorry, at Belle Isle. But okay. uh, yeah, the, the different qualifying format of full field again and uh, 35 car field for that one as well. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time, mate. We will catch you in a couple of weeks then when we're talking Long Beach. Have a good one, mate. Thank you.
thanks uh, Jay, you legend. And I'm glad you picked up on my joke straight away. It's it's good that we work on the same same wavelength. But let's head into the E series. Do we want to go straight to that? Why not? Uh, we I didn't get to watch it. I know Brain didn't get to watch it, but Mikella, the man who doesn't like V8s, is the man who watched it. How, what happened? <laughs> uh, interesting. The the um, the All Stars were at a, a road track. They were at, yeah, uh, I don't know week. how that happened. To be honest, especially yeah, Monza yeah, of yeah. all the bloody tracks. Yeah, there. yeah, I know. Look again, it was interesting. I had the broadcast up on one screen. I was watching one of the drivers' streams on the other, uh, and it was yeah, it was interesting. Um, they, I walked away with a different kind of perspective. I mean, a lot of drivers will say uh, that the the cars on the sim are very, you know, it's really realistic. There's some gaps, obviously, and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, the guy I was watching uh, seemed pretty dirty on having to drive them, to be honest. He would have much rather, he didn't think that they were, you know, too accurate and he would have much rather driven a, a car that suited the circuit better and they th- he felt like they would have put on a better show sort of thing. Um, yeah. Having said that, again, I thought the uh, the pro drivers, the sim racers, uh, put on a great show at uh, at Phillip Island uh, uh, as well. So, um, and again, it was very very interesting to be able to look behind the curtain at, at uh, a live drivers stream uh, in the uh, in the All Stars race and just see how you know, serious or otherwise they were taking it. You know, the strategy wasn't necessarily there. Um, the, you know, the understanding of the incident points versus, you know, the, the black flags and, and all that sort of thing, just that behind the scenes insight was quite interesting. The racing itself was pretty chaotic at times as that sort of track and car combination would bring, as you could imagine. But it was, you know, it was an interesting spectacle. You know, I think the real quality uh racing again was uh was was in the pro guys uh and girls who uh put on a great show at, at um at uh phillip island once again you know and not without its incidents but uh certainly the standard was was right up there and enjoyable to watch yeah well so we got the top five covered by less than two seconds at phillip island in the pros so dave warren once again he is making this look easy uh but only half a second back to jackson jackson susan harlow so um, well done to to those two. Now it's it's interesting. Dane Warren is absolutely smashing the E series. I need to talk to Brain uh, Madison a bit about this. Why that's not converting so much to scops at the moment? Because it's I just, wonder the same thing. Not yeah. Like the results yeah. we're getting in scops are completely different to the E series. They're the same cars, and and he's dominating I, I, the E series. Like the, I, no I one just can touch him. I just wonder if. One lot of drivers is putting more effort into the E-Series tracks and mm. one's putting more into the Scops level tracks because obviously they've only got a certain amount of time they can race every day. Um, but that's all I can really put it down to. Now, the the, the, what the great equaliser here is they just did Phillip Island in the Enduro a couple of weeks ago. So a lot of them had a, had a good chunk of time around here. So Madison got, got third there, Jake Burton fourth, and Andrew Gilliam was finished out that two-second window to fifth. But then Ethan Warren was just barely behind them in sixth. Uh, Fazem El Majri El Nabi, sorry, um, <laughs> got seventh. Cooper Webster eighth. Job Stewart ninth, and James Scott tenth. So, a, a who's who of V eight I racing in Australia, just there in the top ten. Um, and yeah, look, that's pretty close to what Scops ends up. But yeah, Dave Warren is just absolutely schooling them over there, and you know, I've got. No idea why it's not translating. He's doing very well in scops, but it's just not the same. 
It's not the same, is it? You know, like no. he's he's really the class of that field at the moment. I mean, Madison Down is really well known for how well he performs at Phillip Island, and yet, um, you know, it was really Warren's race to lose. He was he was the class there that week. Yep. Definitely. So Brody Kostecki took it out for the All-Stars ahead of Matthew Payne, Richie Stadaway, James Goulding and Justin Ruger uh, as well. Uh, Cam Waters was pretty close in there as well. And either Anton or Will Davison, they put it in the results very well. Um, got got seventh, uh, Chaz Mostert eighth, and then Kostecki or Goddard got ninth with uh, LeBrock coming tenth. So well done to all those people involved in the E-Series. Let's go to Sunday Night Lights, Mr. McKellar. What happened, mate? What happened? Well, it was a great night. Uh, first round of season 25 at Lime Rock Park, of course. Bumper, uh, cropper drivers backed up. Can we to never go to season. Lime Rock Park ever again? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. We talked about it last week, a free track that starts the skippy season each each, yeah. uh, each time, and, and that brought out, look, a lot of familiar faces. In fact, there's if I look down the list of participants, there's not – one name in there that I don't recognise as either having been a past or present uh, Sunday Night Lights driver, which was great. And we 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 were just I think we were one or two. Hey, that's my first yeah. Sunday Night Light race. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was looking at the top speed first, mate. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh. Fair. We had some debutants as well. Fair call. <laughs> cool. um, but you know we were about forty eight hundred strength of field, which is really strong in a skippy race. Um, and it saw the likes of Braid and your good self just pipped out. You needed. Uh, Judging by Russell, who was the last car in there, you needed a uh, tick under 3,837.5, I think, to get in, um, which is a, a pretty strong field. Um, Franco Ruggieri, the Italian driver, put it on pole. And Gol Kawabe, who we spoke to after the race as well, he sacrificed his first quality lap to put in an extra bit of tyre warming. And it really paid uh, dividends for him because he, he stuck it on the front row, uh, which is a strategy I've seen more than one Japanese driver use and perhaps something that might, if you're re- willing to risk it, I guess, uh, might help some people uh, going forward. Julian O'Frey. Uh, qualified third, Laura Samadio fourth, and uh, Nick Vaughan Roberts, the Welshman, uh, for Two Fools Racing, back for another season. He put it in fifth off the grid. Vasco Sorovsky was the leading ANZ driver uh, for for Clowns Racing, back for another season. His teammate didn't make the top split, but Vasco put on a good show. The other ANZ drivers, Russell Clark in started eighth, Corey Lean back for another tilt. Could only manage tenth, didn't quite have the pace, but certainly has the aggression when he doesn't qualify well to sort of push his way forward. Cowboy Sam Devante was in there starting 12th. And, of course, uh, Team Milo's own Donald Sabinol was back in there as well. First race in VR, and he decides to do Sunday Night Lights. You know, <laughs> more power to him. <laughs> anyway, That's uh, let's just say, uh, yeah, well, I, I was just saying, look, not to give too much away, I guess, but uh, he, he got the full experience, the full VR experience, because <laughs> when I saw him last year in the race, he was on his lid sliding down the back straight sort of thing. So what a way, what an entry into VR. Anyway, um, race got underway. Uh, there was a little bit of a, an incident early on that split the front pack out in the front. Three of Ruggiero, Frey and Kawabe just broke away uh, and, and they were never headed, to be honest, and they fought it out for the, for the ultimate win. Um, behind them, though, there was a really active pack uh, led 
typically by Dennis Johansson, the great Dane himself, who um, has raced a, about a million races here this week. Um, and he likes to lead those packs and it got quite racy. So they were never a chance to catch the front guys, uh, but certainly put on a great show. In fact, I spent most of the, the coverage on them because it was pretty aggressive at times um, and really showed what you can do on those inside out, outside lines that we were talking about before it really came down to i think it was uh two laps to go where it all sort of came unstuck the the good part of it was vasco sarovsky uh who i'm pinning my hopes on to really lead the anz charge this season he was right up there he was um sitting just behind dennis in fifth uh unfortunately for two fools racing it was um it was Nick Vaughan Roberts who went for a gap that wasn't there and those three were gone straight away. But what that did mean, though, was that uh, the cowboy, Sam Devantia, went through with Laura Samadio uh, to sort of pick up the pieces at the end. And what that left us with was uh, Franco Rigueri, the Italian driver, taking out his first victory this season for the race one. Julian O'Frey, who finished second overall last season, grabbing second on the podium, just couldn't quite hold on as Franco drafted past him across the line. Uh, Gal Kawabe, Kawabe son, he had a fantastic race and, and had a big grin in the interviews I could hear post race because he finished third. Uh, Amadio fourth, Sam Devantia, the leading ANZ driver, after having an amazing, um, uh, he did the uh, the Bathurst 1000, the official race, uh, and did a great drive over the weekend, backed up for the Skippies on Sunday night and finished fifth uh, to be the leading ANZ driver, which was great. Uh, and he's edging ever closer to 5K, I rate him too. Other ANZ drivers' uh, results, Corey Lean uh, had a bit of a bumpy ride, only managed to climb as high as eighth. Russell Clark, similarly, uh, he only managed ninth in the end. Vasco, after that late race incident, dropped down to 10th. Uh, and Donald Sabinol, as I said, he was on his lid uh, and finished all the way down the bottom. He pulled the pin early. Uh, notable mentions in the second split, of course. Uh, Simone, your mate, Braden, he took it out. Um, Ruben Martin, Martin Diaz, second with uh, yourself, mate, in third after sticking it on pole, no, no less, mate. That was a good effort. Justin Watt, who's, of course, uh, Vasco Sorovsky's teammate, he uh, hung on for fifth. Paul Wilson, another ANZ driver in sixth. Uh, Richard King backing up for another season. He finished ninth just inside the points. The final point scoring position taken by Mitchell Nichols in 12th for ANZ, which left, unfortunately, Nathan Verney out in the cold down in 14th. And the last split I'll talk about is the, the third split because there's some of our diehard regulars and a debutante in there, of course, <laughs> the, the leading ANZ driver in there was our own Peter Wilco Wilkinson in seven, grabbing some good points. Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey, who's rapidly become the stalwart of ANZ uh, Skippy Racing. He's down in ninth. Ken Hyams, again, rolled out for another season. Love Ken. He's uh, He's got some points down there in 10th. And the, one of the originals, Jason Willman, was back. He's, he's running around in the third split. I think he's got a drag racing pedigree in real life, if I'm honest. Uh, he was just outside the points in 13th. But if we go to the standings overall, after week one, Franco Rigueri, of course, on top with 31 points after taking pole on the race win. Julian Frey just behind him in second. Gal Kawaba in third. He will be grinning like a Cheshire cat. Laura Samaria fourth and the Cowboy in fifth. Other ANZ drivers, Corey Lean in ninth. Yourself, Braden in 11th. Uh, Russell Clark, the third. 
team Milo Boss Manning, 12 Fasco Sorosky, certainly starting higher up the order than he did last season down in 13th. I think between you and he, Braden, we might get a show to get right up in that top five and maybe even a podium again. Uh, his teammate Justin Watt in 16th uh, and 18th, their the last ANZ driver in the top 20 is Paul Wilson. Um, so that that's about it, mate. It was it was an exciting nice night of racing. Great way to kick off the season. Really looking forward to all that dying down because nobody likes Mid Ohio this week. <laughs> well, Vasco's sort of he's had a real come up in the last half a season. I just wouldn't mind touching on it quickly because there was a few yeah, races yeah. where um, it might have been like Snetterton and a couple other places where I felt like I was a little bit quicker than him. And then basically since then, when we went to Nürburgring, which I'd consider probably one of my best tracks that I could drive, he was just so much faster than me. And since then, it's been like he hasn't looked back and he's just right up there in the the front end of those packs. So um, shout out to him. Uh, Really big improvement. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I, I got it wrong there. We're actually off, as you say, to, to Hockenheim this week. So maybe we'll keep some of the momentum before uh, Mid-Ohio kills it next week. Um, no, but right, Berica um, Oh, even better. We might even build into something good. Which America, would be Atlanta, then uh, Hungara ring, I think. It's actually a really good start to oh, the season. Oh, there I'm you go. It. Oh, That's why I'm here. good. I'm looking forward to it then. Um on Vasco, yeah, he and his teammate, uh, they must have a team manager or something. They're getting really into it. Um, they sent, they emailed me on the side like a mini little press thing to say, hey, this is a bit about the guys and what they do and all the rest of it. I'd already been onto Vasco's YouTube because he left a comment on one of the broadcast videos. I'm watching him jump out of planes and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, like wow. he, he's a bit of a thrill seeker on and off the track. So looking, and a bit of a character as well. So uh, really enjoying seeing them on. Uh, on a Sunday night and doing so well. Now, before we move on, any chance you can pronounce the person who came seventh in Split Four's name for me? Oh, hang on. Seventh in Split Four. Hang on. Let me just... Oh, did I even pull up Split Four? Hang on. I'll grab it now. <laughs> One sec. Split Four P7, you say. Oh, come on, iRacing. Help me out. All right. You've, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm obviously, glad I don't have there. that language. Yeah, well, I obviously don't have that language installed on my keyboard. Because <laughs> I don't know. That's silly or something. I don't know. Anyway. For, for those that can't see it, at least in the spreadsheet I'm looking at, there's an 80 over 100 as part of <laughs> as part of the name as, as a fraction. So, yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, look, the, I, I, I spotted that in the names. results. New millennial names, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah I Must, it, it was weird. Must be one of uh, Elon Musk's offsprings. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So <laughs> let's move on to Aussie Car, the official results. Um, yeah. So race one, Braden, take it away, mate. Yeah, so we had, we had a bit of a chat about it before, so we'll dive into the, into the races. Uh, race one saw uh, yourself, Alex McKellar, uh, start on pole and finish in first. So a really good race by you, followed by, closely behind by uh, his teammate, Alex John, in second, uh, moving up one place uh, ahead of myself in third, who dropped down from that second position. Uh, my teammate, James Chastanoff, in fourth from Sean Doyle, Harrison Mitchell, Russell Clark, Matthew Might, Brody Cook, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, baby VDR team. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. He's the Milo Junior team. <laughs> and uh, Nathan Verney rounding out your top 10. Now, if I can get this fancy spreadsheet working properly, we should be able to see there that our biggest mover in the field was Stuart Crawford up 11 places from 28th to 17th. Uh, Aaron War 
Daniel Quimby and Stafford Mars. Oh, sorry, both those two up nine spots. So two newcomers making some good progress through the field. Uh, Stafford Marslin up eight, and Darren Rulisu and Jamie Willits up uh, seven each. Uh, fastest lap uh, went to Nathan Verney in this one, actually. So good job, Nathan, for uh, pumping out the fastest lap there, um, which is really good. Uh, race two saw uh, Ben Snell starting from second place this time, but coming home in first after the disappointment of the blown engine in race one. Uh, he won from Alex John, who had a very consistent second and second this week uh, from Sean Doyle, who got himself back on the podium. Uh, Donna Doyle in the YouTube chat was very happy about that one. James Chastanoff uh, back with another fourth place. Uh, myself in fifth place. Uh, Russell Clark, Matthew Mites, Harrison Mitchell, uh, Brody Cook and Alex McKellar rounding out the top 10 after your little excursion on the first few laps. Uh, biggest movers in the field for that one. Uh, some big movers, in fact. Nathan Verney up 19 spots, uh, 37th up to 18th. Oh, sorry, that's John Snell, sorry. Uh, but Nathan Verney was up 18 spots, 29th up to 11th. Uh, 15 spots there for Aaron War. 10 spots for Ira Felberg and Adam Axon and Darren Lassou, both up nine spots respectively as well. Uh, so it actually meant that obviously this would be our championship standings, but um, Alex John took out the round uh, with 97 points. He leads the championship from James Chastanoff on 91. Sean Doyle, one point behind him on 90. Uh, myself on 88 and Alex McKellar. Uh from Top Split Racing, you are sitting in fifth place on 86. So, you know, a bit of damage recovery for yourself. It's only 11 points, and that's certainly manageable with the endurance coming up this uh, rep time round with the points being four points separating those top five. So definitely a chance to get some points back there, and um, it could have been a, a, a lot worse, I suppose. Well, you say that, but then you know how good my pit stops are. I'll send you a link. <laughs> to my, to, I've got a, a clip of my best ever pit stop. It's uh, I think it's called the double bird or something. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll send it. You'll have it. You'll know what I mean when I when I say, I'll find it and send it through. But pit stops are not my strong thing. So double points or not, um, well maybe we'll see how we go. Uh, the road to two K sees uh, Van Diemen Racing baby team Brody Cook in the first place, holding a ten point lead over Jeremy Bush. Uh, third place Matthew Harrier, fourth Craig Kerman, and fifth Clayton Davies tied with Farron Hancock. So good to see Farron back after missing the last couple of rounds of last season. It does mean, though, that Top Split Racing do have the current lead over Locked On iRacing podcast interviews uh, by four points <laughs> and Locked On <laughs> iRacing news and results in third place, uh, 30 points behind. So already a bit of a gap in between the top two and third place for the team's championship. Definitely, but then we've got some Van Diemen and Aussie Car and White Knuckle all back built, uh, belting on the door of third place as well. And even uh, Black Sheep Racing's up there, Miss, Miss Apex is up there, and the, the old Van Diemen baby team, development team, <laughs> is um, floating around with the one driver at the moment. So well done to them. You know, if there's is there any uh, any plans to get a second baby development team driver, or is uh, Brody just stuck by himself for the time being? 
I think he's on his own for now. I think it was just a, a late call-up uh, for a friend who was interested in racing, and he seems like a good guy. I've, I've sort of been watching he's him race quick. with Ben. Yeah, and, and I think they do drifts together. In real, Ben was actually telling me a really funny story. They had drifting on the weekend uh, or, or sometime. I think it was the weekend just gone, and Ben's car was there, and he got talked late into doing, um, uh, you know, he can do ride-alongs sort of thing. Uh, but apparently the, uh, Brody sort of damaged his car and couldn't drive it. Uh, and so Ben let him hop in his car. But Ben's, you know, comes from the land of the giants, a bit like myself, right? <laughs> and apparently apparently Brody not so much. And, and Ben was describing this scenario where Brody literally can't see over the dashboard to try <laughs> and drive this car. They boosted him up. They've done all they could, you know, and he's driving with that and a seatbelt, not even a harness, trying to do these track days and drive arounds. It's just hilarious. They sound like they have a have a blast, and he's a, he's a great addition to the group uh, from a from a personality perspective as well, and uh, it doesn't hurt that he can steer as well. I don't like you guys growing. It doesn't feel make me feel very good about myself. But anyway, uh, let's move on. We've got um, two things to cover. So one is Ozpass finished up uh, for the season. Well done to Tim Harris on his really great result for the series. But we don't have a wrap-up just yet. They're still finalising some results. So Tim will be back next week uh, to give us a full rundown of Ozpass and probably even a preview of Ozpass uh, 2 which is the, the new side project uh, for the slower drivers, I guess, the people who can't quite make the, the quality field for, for Ozpass. Um, so that that will be hopefully next week. But right now we've got Anscar wrap-up for the trucks, the Xfinity and the, the chase in the cup. Um, take it away, Carl. Cheers, lads. And hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to the Anscar wrap-up here on Locked On iRacing. I'm as ever, Carl Withy, and we are starting this week with the Truck Series from the legendary North Wiltsboro track. It was Series 1 champion Steve Williams of DPR claiming a strong pole over the driver with the most wins in the Truck Series, Mr Jason Martin of Mitch Motorsport. Unfortunately, the short track would prove to be a tough one. With a large field of trucks, we had racing with 12 cautions throughout the night. Meaning FGME cast Stuart Brown had to suffer a few pop quizzes during the broadcast. However, once the track was green, the action was all focused on the track once more, where the racing was as close as ever. With the cautions, we saw a mix of strategies, and towards the end, it was fresh tyres on the 11 of Ryan Jones that gave him the chance to try for the victory, but despite his very best efforts, he could not get past the purple prize winner, Jason Martin, who took the victory in the end. Third place was Josh McElmore, fourth for Luke Traher, and fifth for Matty Raymond. After the fourth round of the championship... The standings look like this. First is Martin with 153 points. Second is Douglas and Josh Micklemore, 12 points down. Fourth, Raymond, 18 points off the lead. Fifth, Griffiths, 21 down. Sixth, Traher, 24 down. Seventh, Danny G, 27 down. Eighth is Jones, 28 off the lead. Ninth for Williams, 29 off the lead. And tenth is Daiso, 34 points off the lead. With the championship so very close, we head off to the Roval of Charlotte this week. We will see the Roadmasters out in force fighting for the victory. Who will surprise us? at the Charlotte Roval. Next up, FGM Ecast bought the thunder of Wednesday night Xfinity Series to Las Vegas. It was Viva Las Vegas for Ryan Jones as he rolled a natural 20 for his qualifying lap and stuck his car on pole position with Foster on the outside. 
As the race went green, Foster would get the lead and show he had some great pace for the night, pulling out a 2-3 second lead over the pack in the early stages, an eternity on an oval. But behind him, we had a battle that made the Pacific War look organised as drivers diced it out for position lap after lap. The drivers did a great job of keeping it clean despite the serious close racing. We only saw one caution throughout the night at lap 37. The field came in for fresh tyres and importantly fuel. The drivers had to make it 55 laps on a green stint on a tank of fuel, which could only manage around about 52 laps. Early on, Foster ran out with a big lead, but towards the end of the race, he had to start doing a huge fuel save after he realised that the rest of the field were in fact fuel saving, hence his lead. As we got to the white flag, out of the top six cars, all of which ran out of fuel at turn three, meaning it was a very slow finish, uh, we saw as they coughed and splattered their way across the line for a wild and exciting finish. But it was my little Skurlock providing he could save fuel, proving that he had fuel saving and the fuel saving was magic, and taking the victory over Hamish Gallagher, third was Foster, fourth was Brenton West, fifth for Gary Wellman, and a big mention to the Pirate King Josh Micklemore, who finished P6 despite only having vision in one eye after a B-related injury. After five rounds, Matty Raymond leads the championship with 200 points, second is Gallagher, nine points off the lead, third for Micklemore, ten points down, fourth for Brenton West, 19 points off the lead, fifth is Foster, 27 down, sixth for Joshua Carrawold, 41 off the lead, seventh for Norman Clark, 8th, Wellman and Williams, 44 off the lead. And 10th is Douglas and Hunter, 51 points off the lead. In Wilco Watch, the rookie is currently well within the top 20, sitting in P17 out of 46 drivers, and only 8 points off P12. How will he do for the rest of the season? We wait with anticipation for that. Next up, we head to the Super Speedway. Yes, it is time for Talladega. Finally, we head back to Bristol for the third round of the chase. Joshua Carroll Walden sat on pole position next to the man who set an identical time, Mr. Ryan Jones. The race was close all night long with drivers really going for it. At some stages, free wide at Bristol. That's crazy. Despite the insanity, we only saw three cautions for the night. The racing was close but fair with plenty of good old-fashioned door-to-door contact. JCW may have had the most laps led but lost pace later in the race once Pearson had gotten by. The main battle was DPR and Mitch Motorsport, but as the chequered flag fell, it was the Mitch team winning the battle after amazing final lap from Danny G, who managed to go from 5th to 3rd in a blink of an eye. He finished behind his teammates, the one-eyed snake, who slivered his way from the back of the pack to P2, Mr Josh Micklemore, and the eventual race winner, Jason Martin, meaning we had our third consecutive chase round with a free team lockout at the front. Once more it was Skurlock in fourth, fifth for Worley, who proved he was not just a road track specialist, again having a fantastic night on the ovals for the DPR team, really growing on the oval section. The chase now looks like this after three rounds. First Martin, Micklemore is 19 points off, third is Gallagher 27 points down, fourth Foster 29 off, fifth is Skurlock 32 points down, sixth is Danny G. 40 points down. Joshua Carroll-Walden, 47 points in 7th. 8th is D- Dyson and Pearson, both 57 points off the lead. 10th we have Traher, 59 points down. And Manny Raymond is in 11th, 61 off. The couple head to Vegas this week. Who will you be betting on? 
Of course, you can catch all the action on FGM Ecast, Ferguson Group Media, your place for all of the Anscar action. And of course, as ever, a huge thank you to Locked On iRacing, your place for all of the best Aussie online action. Cheerio, lads. Back to you. Thank you heaps for that, Carl. You're a legend and you can stop Wilco Watch because it's really annoying me that I'm, I'm not actually giving you good results to talk about. But anyway, let's move on to wrapping this thing up. Uh, firstly, thank you to CD Symptography, Brewster Coffee, 24-7 Race Control and driverclub.net.au for helping bring this episode to you. Uh, thank you to my two fellow hosts for joining me tonight, even though I'm struggling right now to get through it. Um, Brain mate, where can people find you and what's coming up in the near, near, near future? Yeah, I need to get back to actually streaming some racing. I've been streaming everything other than racing lately, so I'll, I'll try and jump in and uh, get a bit of a racing stream done at some point. I'm sure I'll have a little bit of time over the next couple of weeks, so uh, look out for that on twitch.tv slash the1dwade. Uh, other things I've been streaming, a little bit of City Skylines, a little bit of NBA 2K, a little bit of Halo, um, so see what else uh, we can squeeze onto the channel. Uh, and if you want to hear me talking about anything sport-related or anything else-related, uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Braden Talks. Definitely go do that. Now, Mr. McKellar, where can people find you and what you got coming up, mate? Well, if I can have it, apparently I, I don't know the season schedule well enough, but I'll be trying to pump <laughs> out a couple of track a couple of track guides in the next little bit. You can find that, and of course, the Sunday Night Lights broadcast that we do uh, over at the Top Split YouTube channel, where we put all the uh, all the, um, the the race replays. You can catch up and watch them all there, all the way back to season one. Uh, it's, it's just the Top Split on YouTube, but each Sunday night at nine uh, fifteen p.m. Australian Eastern, we're on Top Split TV on Twitch, uh, which is where Corey and I do the live broadcast. It's a good night out. We have a bit of fun, uh, and the racing is as good as you'll see, side-by-side action every week, and it's a lot of fun. So that's that's where you'll be finding me, and, of course, Aussie Car on a, on a Thursday night. Sweet. Go do that as well, people. Uh, you can find myself at Locked On Lads on Twitch. Thank you to everyone who has been chucking a follow over there. You guys are all legends. I... As I'm racing more often, I'm just trying to get into the rhythm of actually racing more often, and then I'll hopefully start streaming it more often as well. So um, sort of the Monday night practice session might go up uh, on stream soon. The Sunday night lights might go up on stream soon. Uh, We will see. As I just – I want to get in the rhythm of actually driving again properly first before I actually start streaming and get a schedule going. But definitely locked on, lads, on – Twitch, Locked On Lads on Facebook are the place to find us. Uh, we are working on some stuff in the background. You might see some stuff come out in the near future. We will see what happens. Um, other than that, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Get in the Discord. You can definitely uh, find some something to chat about in there. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on over there. It's a really good place to hang out. But definitely go do that. Uh, congratulations, Fonty, on becoming a dad. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, you should, Scott... Uh, fountain behind uh, Simspeed TV should be coming a father by the time this hits your e-wave so go check him out go say congratulations to him he's a legend uh, other than that have a great week all enjoy your racing and we'll catch you next week bye for now drive safe drive fast